Bench warmers, we are back with another episode of the Far End of the Bench, episode thirty-one, with myself, Jimmy Pilato, my co-host Nico Bryant, and we have a full jam-packed episode today because it's March, and we said it, we say it every single week. It's madness. We will sleep in May because this next two months are super busy sports-wise. March Madness, Masters coming up. March Madness. That's what the real main event of this month is. But uh, follow us on social media at FEOTB Pod. Continue to help support us, and and we're growing. We still have the shirts. If you're interested, DM us. Uh, $12 for the T-shirt, $3 for the sticker, $15 for both. We accept PayPal, Venmo, and cash if you're able to see us. But if you want a shirt, go check those out. Also on the Unhinged shop, all the different podcasts have shirts, and I think we're going to start getting uh, network-exclusive shirts up there as well. So check that out. Blogging content daily unhingedsn.com nico and i are writing blogs and plus a lot of other personalities from the unhinged sports network uh listen to us every wednesday 1 to 3 p.m eastern on the unhinged sports network and then we're available on demand right afterwards as well and be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform and to our youtube page and keep up to date with everything going on and chirp us on twitter leave a five-star rating and review chirp us on twitter we like to interact with everybody and uh, we'll be sure to continue to do that because we're having a lot of fun with this so far and it's only going to get better from here but for now, you know what, Nico? I- I'm just going to come out here and say it. I could have won the dunk contest last night. I guarantee you I could have done some of those dunks on a mini hoop. There, there got to be better, man. There you go. Be NBA, we're calling you out. We could have won the dunk contest. Okay, Make yeah. it better. Oh, man, I don't know about that. <laughs> Beautiful girls tell me goodbye. Trucks break down, dogs run off, politicians lie, been fired by the Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back, man. I'm back with my center attention. Like we said last week, it's March. So boy, man, it's it's March Madness season. I'm rocking my GCU lacrosse jersey. I told you I wouldn't copy the jerseys, but I got so I gotta pull out pulled out my GCU lacrosse one. But man, this tournament is gonna be so much fun to watch. There's gonna be so many great upsets. I'm telling you right now, man, there's gonna be absolute mayhem. Don't expect a one seed to win. Don't expect a 16 seed to have a to not to lose in the first round right away. From top to bottom, this is one of the most competitive tournaments we've seen in a very long time. There's no there's no clear-cut favorites. There's no um, there's no teams like Duke, North Carolina that you're like, damn, all these dudes have such great NBA talent. Yes, there is NBA talent all across the tournament, but this this what we're going to see from these next couple weeks out of these kids is going to be incredible. And it all starts this week with Conference Championship Week. Boy, this this Conference Championship is what's what makes these players great and then it really proves see what how exactly they're going to do in the coming weeks when the tournament starts as well. That's where Cardiac Kemba is born. That's where that game winner from three-quarter court in, in uh, Tuscaloosa happened. Like, they, they, there's so many great moments for Championship Week that carries over into the tournament that it all starts now. And, boy, is it going to be a fun one. And don't forget, next week when, when the tournament actually begins, after Section Sunday, we'll ha- we, have a, uh, we have a tournament challenge bracket through ESPN, ESPN. So be on the lookout when we announce that, how you can enter, all that good stuff too, because that's going to be a lot of fun doing that with competing against all of you. So without further ado, this Center Attention is brought to you by the Unhinged Sports Network. Let's get into the rest of this episode. This episode of The Far End of the Bench with Jimmy Pilato and Nico Bryant is presented by the Unhinged Sports Network in partnership with Fubo TV and Fanatics. All right. You guys just heard Nico talk about March Madness. We mentioned it last week. March Madness. 
was last week, but now Nico got to bring it back to basketball. I, I, I had to do my March Madness since I let you do March Madness last week. You I guys get to. three weeks of March plus April. Like the your guys' tournament starts on the same day as our tournament this year. We couldn't have had a, at least like one week where we didn't mention basketball. Or it's all of March, man. For me, it's all of March, just because. Hey, I mean, like I said, I'm gonna watch. The, the college wrestling tournament. I have yeah. a family friend there. One of our fine, one of our friends from high school, Fine Silver, will be in it too. Yep. So it's not. I will probably not pay attention to you, every event. You but know I'll that you're gonna have to the, watch on Thursday when the tournament starts because that's the only round that anybody's guaranteed. Yeah. So I'll yeah. have I'll have to watch the people we know then. But after that, I'm not guaranteeing anything. Yeah. Because well, boy, do I have to watch every single lick of these conference championships this week. Real quickly, shout out Austin Luring because he qualified for state from Cherry Creek, and that that's happening this weekend as well uh, so talking about college basketball we already had our first little dose of madness March decided hey you guys didn't get a tournament last year let's go ahead and make the conference tournaments absolutely get thrown out of whack uh, we mentioned the mid-majors last week we'll talk a little bit more about Gonzaga later in the show when we get to our preview of the bigger conference tournaments because uh, that's going on right now as we record and I don't want to don't want to spoil that for ourselves don't want to spoil that um, obviously, if you're listening to this, you know what happened. But for the mid-majors, what were some of the things that kind of surprised you? I know we had a couple shocking outcomes. Some of them were in the tournaments. Some of them were also just uh, just games last week. But of the mid-majors, what kind of sticks out? Well, I mean, the one most notable conference um, championship champion that will probably make the most noise of the past week was Loyola Chicago. They ran through their conference. Um, they had no problems at all. Um Going going straight through them, um, the the other conference winners. Um, if, let me pull it up. The one the biggest shocker, in my opinion, was the Moorhead, Moorhead State winning their conference, um, the, winning the Ohio Valley at twenty three seven. Don't get me wrong, Moorhead State's a good team, but I had Belmont big time winning because they, like I said, at one point they had the second longest winning streak in college basketball, only behind Gonzaga, mm-hmm. and for them not to win their conference now, there's probably a good shot they don't make it. And that's that's tough for a team that was at one point ranked, I think, at least 15th, I think. So yeah. they got upset in Ohio Valley. That was a bit surprising. Um, uh, Chicago, like I said, went through up. Uh, I believe they were the number one seed, so they took the big south. Liberty was also the number one seed in Atlantic Sun. They're 23-5. and five. They won as well. Um, so that was all. And then UNC Greensboro and Appalachian State from the Sun Belt were the other the other two or other three, excuse me, conference winners this past week. But, yeah, a lot of those teams – like I said, those are those are teams we're going to see as 15 seeds, possibly 14, 15, 16 yeah. seeds that could make some noise. Like I said, Loyola they, Chicago might be a 12 because yeah, they have a little bit more program history. Probably even higher than that, honestly. They might be maybe a top top 10 seed, honestly, based upon their their record and what they did this year. So, and I mean, people like I said, Loyola Chicago, their run two years ago was was memorable. Is getting, that the one with the, the nun? Yes, yes. So getting all the way to the Final Four and and having that big run, they're going to be very dangerous. Not a team you want to see in the first round, especially for a top five seed in tournament. Yeah, no, and that's one thing that makes the mid majors interesting is uh, basketball. Obviously, everybody has more of a chance to make it into the playoffs and win the national championship. Uh, But for the lower conferences, so if you want to equate it to football, Cincinnati, you you got to win your conference as a as a lower as a lower school in one of these mid-major tournaments you have to win or be in the final to even be considered Mm -hmm. and we're seeing that a little bit we'll talk more when we talk more about the tournaments coming up we're seeing that kind of bite some of the teams that are close to us and in the bud but now just in the to continue recapping what happened last week 
Uh, Baylor is back to fully healthy, and they moved up to number two in the rankings. Illinois kind of uh, they, they did some things to Michigan. They, they massacred them without the Sunama. Yeah. And that, Illinois is going to make a lot of noise. But let's talk about the team that's probably not going to be in the tournament this year for the first time in 25 years, and that is the Blue Devils of we the gotta, University We got to hold Duke. our horse. We think there's a well, good shot. If, unless Duke somehow miraculously – pulls off an ACC tournament championship win and gets an automatic bid is a very good shot. We don't see Mike coach K in the big Ten or the, in the big championship for literally in first time in 25 years. Yeah. And that's, they have to make that miracle run without the best player on their team because he's opted out already. Mm-hmm. What, what happened in their last game? I mean, North Carolina smacked them is what happened. Well, they got their shit rock. North Carolina right now is built They They, like they're they're a very very underrated team in the ACC. I could see them easily making the ACC championship here this weekend. Um, they they look they look they're definitely a tournament team. I think they'll probably be one of the last probably eight in, um, I believe. And if they they could be a team that you see as an eight eight seed or a ten seed that will be very very difficult for teams to go up against because like I said, North Carolina Duke has that stigma, but this year they're just not as good. North Carolina has the stigma and they're still good. So they could make some noise, but Duke, man, it'd be it's gonna be nuts. It's the it's the second longest active streak of tournament or tournament bids, only behind Kansas, who I believe is at thirty something, mm-hmm. which Kansas is already booked into basically. So that's that's gonna keep going. But Duke, man, it's it's gonna be funny not having Duke in there. It's uh, I mean that ACC tournament, it's bold that you think that North Carolina is gonna be in the championship because you got. Virginia, Florida State, and Virginia Florida State. Florida State, I am not so wrong at all. I think they're, I think they're an upset waiting to happen. It, it could be. So I, I feel like it's going to be difficult to kind of predict anything like that. But let's not get into all the predictions. We'll, deep dive we'll, into we'll all save the, that because we're going to put that as a clip for YouTube. So be on the lookout for that. Um, so let's let's get into kind yeah, of the, what we. The one other thing before we get on to that, I want to say is. I just wish college football would have that same aspect of the power. Five slash power seven all get an automatic bid to to the big dance and have the t- tournament be eight seeds or sixteen seeds for college football because mm-hmm. I feel like that gives so much more added bonus to the conference championships. Yeah, I think they can go top eight right now pretty easily. Have all pi- power five conference champions and then uh, highest ranked mid major and then basically go off criteria off of that. That would be interesting. There's a lot of things that we think the NCAA should do. Hey, they're bringing back the NCAA football video game. Not for another three years. Not, yet, but, not for a while, but at least they're slowly on track. Yeah, I got uh, got blue-balled pretty hard after they announced that coming back. Yeah, and then Jimmy realized, was like, we finally get back. I was like, Jimmy, it's going to be a minute. It only hurts that much more because I lost my NCAA 14 disc. <gasps> So I've been playing NCAA 13, and it it's okay. It suffices. Yeah, it's it suffices, but, but it's it's not it's not the same. Still dude. a game that's six seven years old. I I don't mind. I played. I'm not gonna lie. I don't want to actually say the exact number of the amount of hours that I played NCAA 14 in college. But let's just say I built up Boston College as a dynasty to where I simulated three seasons in a row and won the national championship two out of those three years. I just want that now. I just want that now. I do. That's all I can ask because yeah. I don't want to go back to the terrible graphic games. Because I'll tell you right now, if Madden, Madden is in trouble, they better get their sh- shit together. Because if NCAA, when NCAA football comes back, it is going to be the top football game on any console, and people are not going to buy Madden. No, I think if Ma- they if they keep being if they keep being like 
like slow with it and not trying to develop the game more and fix things yeah. and see if football is going to blow it out of the water. Yeah, it's going to become more of a competitive. It's only going to be in tournaments that you're going to see it. Kind of similar to the way Fortnite. I mean, I'm not super into the Fortnite community, but I feel like Fortnite has transitioned more into a tournament game than just a game everybody plays. Yeah, basically. Um, so let's let's get into a little bit of what we wanted to talk about. There's just a little bit of NFL news that we'll recap, but we wanted to start. I released my initial mock draft, and I, I branded it under the podcast banner because seeing the amount of work that it took, especially because I put in a little bit of thought into each of my picks, so it's on the Unhinged website. Go check it out, unhingedsn.com. Use the link through our bios. Yeah, I'm use the link through our bios, at feotbpod, Instagram, and Twitter. But I have my first five picks here, and I wanted to get your reaction to what I have as the first five picks because it's not necessarily – I'm not as high on some quarterbacks. I think that some coaches, if they're not going to get that player, are going to go different ways. So I'll just – I'll. I'll throw out my picks now for the top five. Jacksonville, obviously number one, going Trevor Lawrence. New York, since they can't get Trevor Lawrence, I don't think that they're sold on Justin Fields or Zach Wilson. Or I'll put it this way, I don't think Robert Sala wants to go into a season with a rookie quarterback other than Trevor Lawrence. I think they go with Quiddy Pay. He's an edge rusher from Michigan, build up defense for a defensive-minded coach. And they have a lot of talent on the defensive line with Quinnen Williams. That could be something good. Miami, Devontae Smith at number three. Atlanta at number four takes Zach Wilson, QB from BYU. And then number five, we finally get that stalwart tackle we've been missing in Cincinnati since Andrew Whitworth left. Penny Sewell, best offensive lineman in the draft from Oregon, goes number five. So of those top five picks, do you think I'm an idiot? Do you do you think that I, I don't know what I'm talking about? I'm do you- not, I don't think you're an idiot. I just think there's – there's things you didn't – I don't know if you put trades in your mock draft. You probably didn't. Uh, not for the first one. Okay, I was going to say, if you didn't, because first of all, the Jets do not pick Kiwiti Pay there. They'd probably trap back. Mm. And probably – because if, if Zach Wilson is there and someone is that high on him, the Jets would probably trade back and pick Quiddy Pay yeah. instead of drafting him at two. I think they probably – them switching That's, with Atlanta makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that – I mean, that – or another team jumping ahead, but I don't think Zach Wilson last past three because I think there's a better shot that okay, don't get me wrong, if Jacksonville and Miami stay with I think that's the perfect pick for Jacksonville Miami. I think Devontae Smith playing with Tua is a perfect scenario. And if Jacksonville fucks up with Trevor Lawrence, that organization should never be another have another football team in that city. Mm-hmm. So but the, besides that, the Jets have to make a decision. Do you do you believe in Zach Wilson? If you don't, you trade back. You do not – unless you draft Penny Sewell there. That's the only other option I see there. Maybe Devontae Smith. But if you're, if you're the Jets, you either draft Zach Wilson there or you move back. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't see – like Quiddy Pay, I think that's a person you could, you could see at the back end of the top ten still. And if you're looking at a team like Carolina who may be huge on, on Zach Wilson or Justin Fields, they might try to jump in ahead either to that two spot or that four spot in Atlanta and get a quarterback. So that's where I think that may play into effect more. Besides that, I don't hate that at all. I think, like I said, I think the only thing is Zach Wilson will get will be picked in the top three. I think either Miami will draft back, the Jets will draft back, or the Jets will draft him. I don't think he goes behind that. Besides that, I mean, Trevor Lawrence is on dot. Devontae Smith on dot. Penny Sewell, if he lasts to five, he will be the Cincinnati pick. It, that, that's the only way I see it. The only good thing that I have about that is not none of the other teams. The only way that I would get nervous about Penny Sewell being gone before is if another team jumps in front of the Bengals and 
Atlanta knows that they're not going to get the player that they want and they want to draft back. Yeah, if Zach Wilson is gone, because I, I don't think Atlanta is huge in Justin Fields. So I could like that. That's where the situation of uh, I can't think of the top ten on top of my head, but maybe Atlanta could draft back in the back ten or back the early teens and still yeah. take a better good player. Yeah, I, I think that's something. There's one I, I mentioned. I got a somebody that I talked to over the weekend uh, mentioned maybe that Miami goes Jamar Chase instead of Devontae Smith because there's questions about Devontae Smith's size at the next level. And it's not unwarranted. He's 160 pounds. And at the NFL level, if he works in the slot, that's going to be fine. But I think if you draft a receiver number three, I don't know if you draft a slot receiver number three overall. I don't know if that's something that you want to do. So maybe you go with Jamar Chase, a little bit bigger, very good route runner, and he can play that X or Z position. And then you can maybe find you have somebody else that you can put in the slot. Well, Devontae, I look at it like this. Jamar Chase is probably – may be the best receiver out of this class. But Devontae Smith, we saw what he did with Mac Jones. Now put him back with Tua Tagovailoa. Wow, I can't say the name. Tua Tagovailoa, there we go. Um, put him back with a quarterback he's familiar with, won a national championship with. I think that's just too much to, to pass up on. I got that. That's the way I see it because it's not. It's not that Devontae Smith is that much better than Jamar Chase. I don't think so. I think. I think they're about even. I give slight nods to Jamar Chase. It's just he hasn't played it in a year. Mm-hmm. So that's why if you're Miami, you go the safe route because you. Because I guarantee you, Devontae Smith, if he's a Miami Dolphin, that will be one of two of favorite our targets by yeah. far and away. Doesn't matter if he's in a slot or if he's outside. He is going to be the one number one, number two option in Miami, and that's what you got to get at the number three spot. If, it, if the owner has it his way, he's going to definitely get Devontae Smith. I don't think – I think what's happening in Miami is you have a coach who doesn't want the young quarterback because I don't think Brian Flores uh, – I listened to the Schlereth and Evans show with Mark Schlereth in Denver, and he calls games for Fox. So he has meetings with coaches before he goes into games. And Brian Flores told him in one of those production meetings, if it was his own kid, if Tua was his son, he wouldn't be playing. He doesn't think he's ready. But you have upper management who's like, we drafted this shiny new toy at number five. Let's put in this quarterback and let's see what we have in him. And I, I would rather – I tend to agree with Brian Flores in that situation. I don't think Tua's ready necessarily. I think he could use a little bit more grooming. But I think the owner's going to get his way and, and Miami's going to draft Devontae Smith because they're going to – all the owner has to do is walk into the draft war room and turn on the tape of the 2018 National Championship last play of the, in, in overtime. Like – yeah, this is why we're going to draft Devontae Smith because they did this. That's what can pretty, they do in in the NFL? That's pretty damn, pretty, pretty damn uh, convincing too. That's all you have to do, and I mean, like like I said, like with Devontae Smith, it's it's a familiarity familiarity factor having having the national championship, him go off in that first half in your own stadium in the Dolphin Stadium. Mm-hmm. That's got to play in the factor. Like this kid is one of the most explosive players we've seen in college football in a very long time. And he, no offense to Mac Jones, but he was playing with a quarterback that wasn't as good as some of, some of the other quarterbacks in this draft. And just imagine what he's able to do with Tua. Like, yeah. look, 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 Tua, it's, you got to give him time to, that's why, that's why the back of that season, end of the season, like they, they were still a playoff team. I mean, yes, Ryan Fitzpatrick was a starter at times, but Tua now got to see what it took to win games. Now get him help on the outside because you already have a halfway decent de- defense. And you got to remember also, this pick is a royalty. They yeah. have another pick in the first round. They do. This is the pick they got from the Texans dumbasses for yeah. Larry Tunsil. Like, like, look, 
if you if you told me if you were the Dolphins, Sam, you told me we drafted a rookie quarterback last year. We were one game. We are last game of the year away from making the playoffs. That rookie quarterback played us out of the playoffs. But that rookie quarterback was in his first year and was the only rookie quarterback that got any 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 of his teams. Justin Herbert wasn't close to playoffs. Joe yeah. Burrow was cut halfway through the year. His team was still on the in the playoff cusp. You can't tell me that giving a royalty and a good damn good receiver in Devontae Smith isn't perfect fit. That's that's true. And then they so they have the third pick and the eighteenth pick in the first round. Uh, just looking at where I had them going, eighteen. They drafted. You probably get a, get like I said. You probably get a receiver from Miami there, and then at eighteen you get a tackle. A, a tackle. I, I put Jalen Mayfield from Michigan. Yeah, you give you give to a nice little protection there because, like I said, we saw at Alabama the protection he had. Yeah, that's I mean, why he was good. He had Landon Dickerson at center and and all of those big monsters that they have on the offensive line. Uh, real quick, we're gonna wrap up the NFL talk because we got plenty of basketball and, and hockey to talk about, but. Uh, there's been it's been a wild off season already. Free agency starts I think the 16th. There's gonna be I'll put out a, a like a pre free agency blog at some point. So be sure to bookmark unhingesn.com. But the it's gonna be an interesting off season mainly because 16 of the 32 teams are either at or over the salary cap. One team in particular, New Orleans, I think is 62 million dollars over their salary cap. And what happens when you have teams in that situation is you're going to start seeing a lot of these veteran players get cut because the thing about veteran contracts, once they get to a certain number of years in the league, they have a minimum amount of money that they have to make, and that all goes towards the cap at that point. So we just saw Alex Smith get cut by Washington, and and that's basically what the situation came down to. His level of play was not going to match the amount of money that they were going to have to pay him. Kyle Van Oy, who just signed a four-year, $50 million deal in Miami. Very, very surprising. He's only going to get $15 million in one year out of that. So it's going to be interesting for teams like the Bengals, like the Broncos, who are trying to rebuild their roster. You don't necessarily have to go all out in the original free agency frenzy. Yes, there's this is one of the better free agents agent classes that we've seen in the last couple of years, but what we're going to see with the salary cap situation is you're going to get this first wave of guys we knew were going to be free agents, and then you're going to get the guys who were surprise cuts that you're like, oh, well, he wants to sign a one-year contract, make a little bit of money, and then see if he can get it. Once the salary cap goes back up, he'll sign a new deal. Yeah, I think I'll that, bring him in, and, and we'll, we'll go for a championship. I think that – plays in a factor we may see a much more competitive year next year i think we're going to see a lot of maybe lesser teams that have a little more money to spend maybe these better players take a one-year deal two-year deal Hmm. and be on these worse teams but could elevate them that much more and make a lot more competitive yeah and i think we're gonna since guys are gonna have to be competing for long-term contracts we're gonna see everybody always complains about the nfl compared to college football because you can tell the college kids care more or that's that's the narrative around it now we're going to see these NFL players play like they don't know where their next meal is coming from because sure. a lot of them are going to have to try and make something happen. Uh, and just as a Broncos fan, I, I know that you're pretty excited about that because the Broncos, I think, are top two in the amount of salary cap space that they have. Yep, after we cut Bouye and Jarrell Casey. So uh, we, we there's a lot of great flexibility the Broncos have. I'm sure you'll be writing about that in the Mountain Sickness yeah, Report we'll, coming we'll, up yeah, soon. We'll, you'll hear about that soon. But the one other person who will not be looking for a meal – Will be Dak Prescott. No, he got that's paid. True. Yeah, he got paid. Finally, he finally got paid. Good for him, man. I'm I'm glad he look. I I wish the Cowboys would have fucked up because he probably would have. The Broncos would have been one of the options, but I'm glad he got paid. He deserved it. Yeah, you know he he was the only bright spot of the Cowboys team when he played last year. 
Yeah. That team was god-awful beside when, when he left, and they were bad before, but Dak Prescott was still putting on a show. He he works really well with those receivers that they have. Uh, Michael Gallup from CSU, shout out the Rams, and uh, C.D. CD Lamb and Amari Cooper. Yep. And even I was watching a lot of their early games with Dak are being replayed on NFL Network because they were more competitive. Uh, and he has a lot of, of good weapons. And I don't mind seeing the Cowboys screw themselves over because they would have been able to pay like $15 million less if they would have just done this two years ago instead of extending the franchise tag for these last two years. Somebody finally either put some sleeping aid in Jerry Jones' drink or I don't know what happened. Apparently, Stephen Jones and their agent literally got the deal done on Monday. Like they, they, They started discussions and they got the deal done in one day. Which is unheard of. Yeah, it's uh, unheard of. So, I'm sure both sides were like, "I want my, I want to know that we have solidarity at the quarterback position." And Dak, yes, I think Dak, even though he broke his leg in half, his value never dropped. If anything, it kind of went up after he got injured. I think that he wanted to be done and know that he had a solidified contract somewhere. And he is. I don't think he came in as a Cowboys guy, but he's definitely developed into a Cowboys guy, and I think he wants to do as much as he can for that franchise. So I I feel like even if he didn't get the amount of money he probably wanted, he was still going to take a little bit of a pay cut to be in Dallas because he wanted to be in that organization. Yeah, exactly. Now the Cowboys have flexibility. Now you have, like I said, you have your offense set. Just go get yourself some defense, and you could easily still win your division because that division is still ass. And I have to bring this up because you talked about Dak going to the Broncos in free agency. Back when he and uh, Paxton Lynch were drafted, Jimmy, we're not talking about the that. Broncos wanted Dak, but I Dak know. missed his flight. I, I just got, I, I'm reminding I the listeners that. on the Unhinged Sports Network. I remember Network. that very, right. very, very vividly. All right, all right. Uh, let's let's go into basketball because I don't want Nico to kick me out before we finish the episode. He'll he'll kick me and Boomer to the curb real quick. But uh, All Star Game, All Star Game happened last it night. Was, it was it an w- interesting experience, I'm sure. It was a very look. Having everything on one day is not ideal. No. The the three the three point contest was. Absolutely incredible. Steph Curry, Mike Conley, and company put on a show. And Steph Curry, god damn that man. He was literally the shot. Like, the ball didn't hit the net. It just went straight through. Like, it was just ridiculous. Go back on Twitter. Go back on Instagram and just search up Steph Curry highlights of the three-point contest. Because literally half the shots make didn't even move the net. And that's just insane to me. He shouldn't be allowed in the three-point contest anymore. Because it's unfair. It's just unfair. Or if he is, he has to shoot from the stands. And then, oh, I mean, and then go on top of that, what he and Damian Lillard did in the All-Star game, they pulled up, each pulled up from half court and drained it. No rim, nothing but the bottom of the net. And those two were on the same team, mind you, by the way. The, the teams were not evenly. Not evenly Kevin Durant sucks at picking teams. He did not know. He, he tried to pick favorites, and LeBron was like, what the fuck are you doing? Because KD picked Kyrie first. There's your first problem. Because you had Giannis go first to LeBron because he was, he was the most voted in player. And then the second pick, LeBron, was Steph Curry right away. KD picked Kyrie first. And then the next pick after that was Embiid. Embiid oh. fucked up, and, and his, his barber got COVID, and he couldn't play in the All-Star game. So there was their first problem. And then LeBron, after that pick, took Jokic. Or, no, sorry, he took Luka, and then he took Jokic after. So Luka, Steph, LeBron, Giannis, and LeBron, or Giannis and Jokic all on the same team. If, you, if I were to build a dream starting lineup, 
That's it. That's the team that I force in 2K. That's the team that, uh, that if I want, if I'm trying to find a point guard, the best point guard in the NBA, I'm picking Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. Best two guard slash point guard, Luka Doncic, maybe James Harden, but Luka probably takes that. Small forward, LeBron 100%. Power forward, by far and away, is Giannis. Giannis. And best center in the NBA is number 15, Nikola Jokic. And you also get the center that can distribute to all of these scorers. Jokic is a scorer on the Nuggets. He didn't have to be a scorer last night. No, he was He's just... been like... Uh, I'm going to throw a lob. He threw a baby hook that was out of nowhere. He was just having a fun time. He had he had two. Well, he was playing with his best friend. Exactly. Oh yeah, his new best friend. The Giannis and Nico show. Did you see that? Yeah, I I know. I I was like, I was hurt at at the beginning, and then I watched the video. I was like, oh. Oh, Giannis. it's just it's just Giannis not understanding, or or Giannis and Nicola are on a nickname basis now. Yeah, Giannis and, Giannis and Nico are on a nickname basis, and I was, and I tweeted, I was like, yeah, Jimmy Jimmy's gonna be replaced by Giannis here soon. It looks like. I I don't know. I, I, Giannis I, come on the show, but I mean, yeah, you. Giannis come on the show, but don't kick me off. Don't take my spot. I got stuff that I want to do. But yeah, I mean, look, the All Star game was so much fun. I know people. Hate because of the defense and and blah blah blah. It was one seventy five to one fifty. Nico, it was one seventy actually. Okay, but but it doesn't help. But either way, look, it, it's fun. Like the 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 what they're able, what these players are able to do on a nightly basis are incredible. And we did see it get picked up in the fourth quarter. The first three quarters are based upon having fun and just each player doing what they do best. And that's that's Giannis throwing down slams. That that's LeBron getting alley oops. That's Jokic throwing dimes, and that's Steph Curry and Damian Lillard pulling up from half court. Mm-hmm. And that's what people, that's what the All-Star game is about. And it really is. I mean, it's about having fun, putting on a show, and putting dunks. And Zion missed his first three dunks of the night, too, on top of that. I mean, look, look. Well, look, actually, you know what? That's a good segue. Get the fucking dunk contest right. That was yeah. the, first of all, Anthony Simons had... Did not have the best dunk contest. He was not out of the three dunks he had. The three dunks Obi Toppin had, which I bet on, which I thought was money because I think Obi Toppin had the best dunk of the night, dunking over Julius Randle's dad. And then the Cassius Stanley first dunk that was very very difficult should not have gotten a forty four. And I was I was actually very very excited for it because I was like, wow, all the dunk contest judges have won the dunk contest. Because we had Jason Richardson, who won it in the 2000s, Spud Webb, um, Josh Smith, who won it here in Denver when the All-Star game was here. You had Dominique Wilkins, and then I think there was, oh, I can't, oh, um, D, D. Brown, who had the no-look dunk back for the Celtics way back when. So all of them won the dunk contest before. And what they were judging on, I don't know. It was just ridiculous what they were doing. And shortening it to three people, making it only three dunks per person, or two dunks for, for the first round guys, make it, and making it so condensed was just not the right way to go. Was I it, hope to God we don't ever get the dunk contest at halftime no. of the All-Star game. Was it bad without a crowd? Or was there that, enough of a that crowd that too, made I it? think that does add a factor, obviously, because the players of the All-Star game were there, were there too, and none of them got out of their feet. Like, uh, like the I mean, only... they got a second half to play, so I mean, yeah, exactly. Probably... So none of them stood up for any of the dunks. It's not like there any of those dunks were. Don't get me wrong, I can't do any of them. I could not get close to touching the rim. So I applaud them for everything they've done. Yeah. But it's not like there was a show, and that's what the dunk contest is. We're getting to the point now where the three point contest should be almost the, the main event. Because what these people—they're literally—we are literally seeing thirty-point rounds where Steph Curry only misses three or four shots in thirty shots, 
and same with and, and it's just getting ridiculous. And I'm hoping that it changes. I'll I'll talk about that in the off the hinges more because I I got a lot to a lot more to say about that. But the dunk contest, it is what it is. They I just hope we don't ever see it in the middle of the All Star game next year again. It needs to be All Star Saturday night, so it can be longer than ten minutes. And start getting the dunkers that we want to see in the contest back exactly. in the contest. Aaron Gordon. And Zach Levine could have Zion. Zion. I mean, LeBron. Yeah, but, but these guys that have, have been in it before should just have a standing invitation until they don't want to do it anymore. And maybe that's why they're not in it. But Aaron, the, the one thing also that just pissed me off is Zach Levine was sitting there watching it. He could have pulled a dunk out of his ass better yeah. than anything we saw. You had the tweet Steph Curry rolls out of bed in three point range. Zach, Zach Levine could stand up after a nap and. Throw down some three sixty windmill dunk. Yeah, yeah. In between his, dunk, yeah. I forgot how impressive the one where he bounced it and then underneath the rim went behind his back, mm-hmm. and I think he finished that one with his left hand and mm-hmm. he's right handed. What, what the hell? How do you do that? How do you jump and then stand in the air long enough? And I'm sure in his head is probably that old cartoon thing where Bugs Bunny jumps and then he's brushing his teeth, checking his watch, <laughs> spinning the ball around and then slamming it. It's just it's ridiculous at some points. So. It can be great, and it needs to be great again. I'm not gonna. I, I wish I didn't say it in that in that order. Let's move on. Uh, the other big news out of the NBA, since there's not any games until the day this episode comes out, Blake Griffin is added to. Uh, I don't even know what you call it the anymore in, in Brooklyn. The super team. He, look, look, look. He he's ring chasing. He probably is right now. It's probably. I believe it's only a two year deal. So he's probably going after next year. They're not going to be able to pay all five of them because you got to remember throw DeAndre Jordan to this mix because DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin. Everyone remember. I mean, you probably don't remember, but Lob City was. I remember. I knew Lob City. Lob City was nuts and. All I'm saying is, if Blake Griffin throws down an alley oop from Kyrie Irving the first week, we got we got some. Digging to do because he hasn't dunked since 2019. And you're telling me this man is still can dunk lobs and still jump out the gym, and he hasn't shown that in two years? Then something's fishy. Something is very fishy. I mean, James Harden lost 45 pounds in a day getting traded to Brooklyn, so other stranger things have happened. That's yeah, a Brooklyn factor, I guess. It's it's interesting that they're all in the same team. I don't, and it's all to beat one guy. It's all just to beat LeBron. That's that's, that's true. They're gearing LeBron up with five. Bunch, LeBron and the Toon Squad, basically. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. That's, that's what is it turning into. Um, is there anything else NBA-wise before we, we start the YouTube clip and talk about uh, NCAA basketball? Besides that, the um, uh, the trade deadline is coming up soon. Nuggets are rumored to be interested in Terrence Ross, which probably will be – which is the Orlando Magic guy. He was also a former dunk contest contestant. He um, is a pretty decent wing defender, so we could see something like that. Smaller deals happen. But expect that's, expect something along those lines to happen. Kyle Lowry is on the trading block because Toronto has struggled. And besides that, the other most notable name also is Andre Drummond with the Cavs. He looks like he's going to be bought out, which means there's probably a 95% chance he goes to one of the L.A. teams. Hmm. So he's either going to be a Clipper or a Laker, and that's just a nightmare matchup too. So we're going to see a lot more, like I said, a lot more moves, a lot more things as the trade deadline approaches or buyout options too. So um, keep your eyes open for all that. You disappointed that the Nuggets didn't go after Blake? Uh, uh, well, look – the Nuggets weren't going to be able to compete with Brooklyn. Like, look, Blake Griffin, he's not at the point of his career where he's he's wants to be the leader. 
he wants he's going to Brooklyn to be on a championship team. Yeah, he's going to Brooklyn to if be he, like the third player. Exactly. If he could be if he was here in Denver, then he probably would still be in a stacked Western Conference and be, the Nuggets probably he'd, he'd be the probably be the third guy on the Nuggets too, but behind Murray and Jokic, probably third or fourth behind yeah. MJ. But look, he I don't think Blake Griffin puts us over the top over the rest of the teams in the no. Western Conference. So that's probably one of the reasons why he decided to go that direction too. He, he probably didn't want to come out come out to the West unless he was going to be playing with LeBron too because the East, we've said it. The East is going to be a lot easier to get to the I mean, finals. The, than... Reminder: the Knicks are a four seed in the East. Yeah, <laughs> like look at like East two games like, over five hundred. Exactly. So like you either go to the West where it's a dog feet doggy dog world, or the East where if you're a top four seed, you got a good shot of winning. Yeah, it's it makes sense the way that he did it. Uh, let's let's transition to some NCAA basketball and let's talk about what we actually wanted to get to, and that's uh, uh, we had some chaos already. But Illinois, man, they I put it in the outline as they took they threw their nuts on the table. If you've seen the episode of South Park where uh, Randy smokes uh, pot for testicular cancer and he's dragging his balls around in the wheelbarrow, that's what Illinois did. They went in or was it at Michigan or it was, was at, it? It was at Michigan. Yeah. Oh, they went into I'll call it the big house because that's just the better reference uh, for the, for the stadium. But they went into the big house, dropped their nuts in the middle of the table, and were like, yeah. You guys aren't the best team in this conference. Like I said, without Ayo Dusumina, who is going to be a top 10 pick in the draft, boy, that team is good. Cockburn, yes, that's that's his last name. I'm not just saying that. That's his name. Cockburn, the center, is an absolute animal. He is one of the best big men in, in college basketball right now. And Illinois, man, they are going to be dangerous. I mean, uh, 20 and 6, the three number three ranked team in the country, That's you have some respect behind you when you, your record looks like that and you're jumping teams like – uh, I mean, Michigan's still nineteen and three. Houston only has three losses. They've they're bit, they're ahead of Iowa. That Big Ten tournament is just getting a little bit more interesting day by day. Ohio State still is. Have they kind of stopped their skid, or are they still sliding a little bit? A little bit. Ohio State still has some work to do. They're still they're still a, they're still a champion or a team that's going to make the tournament. It's just going to be where, where they're going to be placed at because I feel like they're going to be a team that will probably be that five to eight range. Mm. Um, and th- they'll be a team that's a 12 that could be on upset watch. So that's, that's, that's where Ohio state is. They've kind of, like I said, they've kind of fallen off a little bit. So who's your, uh, who's your pick for the final in the big 10 tournament, big 10 tournament. I'm going to, I mean, I think I'm going to go with Illinois versus Iowa. Because what we've seen from Luca Garza, mm-hmm. I, I I know I've been fucking up. I thought it was Luke Garza, but it's Luca Garza. Um, what he, what we've seen from Iowa and out of them, like I said, the come March, stars are born, and I think Luca Garza and Ayo Dusumana are like are going to be stars in this in in the in this rest rest of March. Um, so I think that's where we're going to see the conference tournament. I don't know what the exact seeding is because I believe Iowa is the three seed. I think Michigan is the two seed in the tournament, and Illinois is the one seed. Um, but yeah, I think I think we could see that because, I, like I said, all three of those teams and four seeds you could throw in. Um, like I said, Ohio State in there too. Mm-hmm. They're gonna they're gonna make noise. Though Wisconsin in there, they've also they're also a damn good team. Purdue's but, in the top twenty five. Purdue exactly. Like I said, the big the Big Ten and the um, Oh my God! Big Twelve, the Big Twelve. There we go. The Big Ten and the Big Twelve all have teams that I think one. I think the national championships champion is going to come from one of those two conferences because all, but from from one to twelve, both those conferences are damn good. Hmm. I I didn't didn't think that. 
so let's talk a little bit about the SEC then because this is a weird year for the SEC, especially in basketball. You got Alabama and Arkansas both Alabama's ranked in the top. Alabama's a basketball school now, Jimmy. Ah, uh, hell. Oh. <laughs> yes. Everybody in Alabama just threw up. They're going to go uh, They're gonna go poison tumors trees yeah, again for they, that. They just realized that Alabama's actually good at basketball. They haven't watched a damn game. I guarantee you that. We have a basketball team? Yeah, they're like, what the hell? Why do we have a basketball team? We should use that money to invest in the football program. <laughs> uh, but they are, I mean, having a great season. Then Arkansas. I just listened to their coach on Pardon My Take, and I'm going to tell you, I'm a fan now. I think Arkansas has something going, and he has a cool – I mean, he, he, that's the culture that you bring in. And he's one of the college coaches that – he's similar in my mind to Matt Campbell in college football at Iowa State, where he's going to a program that's not known for being good, but he's bringing in good talent. He's getting some good transfers every now and then, and they're competitive. They're always – in the right spot and and they never get tired i mean they're trained to go all 40 minutes of of a college basketball game plus overtime if they need to i think out of the sec alabama or arkansas give you a little bit of pause late in the tournament i just i just don't know what to think of the sec schools because like i said all these schools don't give a damn about basketball none of them do like like unless unless your name's kentucky and you're in the sec you don't care about basketball that's just the fact of the matter it is. I'm surprised so, that they didn't move Kentucky to the Big East. Exactly. So, like, that's why I'm just so hesitant about them being contenders come late March. Do I think they probably get first, maybe Sweet 16, maybe Elite 8? I'll say yes, but I think that's maybe pushing it because I think these other teams that have some conference experience or, excuse me, tournament experience that make could make a lot of noise, I think have a slight edge over these teams. And that's no slight to what Alabama and Arkansas has done this year. It's just the fact of the matter is all these kids are first or second year in the tournament. They just they're used to being on the bubble for the NAT. Exactly. So that's that's where it just gives me cause for hesitant. Um, I do I do think it's going to be interesting how they how they're seated where they're seated and how it goes because mm. Alabama right now is in contention for a number one seed. Yeah, depending that, on how the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, depending ends on up. how the Big Ten tournament goes, so that could cause for chaos. So I'm just very interested to see Alabama. I think. I don't know how how good they're gonna be because I think they'll be if they're one if they're a one two or three seed I don't don't expect me to pick them over maybe a seven seed or maybe a three seed because I don't think I think they're not they won't stack up to as much good as competition as everyone else. Yeah, I think uh, an underdog, especially in the Big Twelve or the back, Big Ten, I think could be still beat Alabama. The third or fourth team, like probably, Kansas, or Wisconsin. I think it Wisconsin. Wisconsin would give Alabama and Arkansas everything that they want. Exactly. Yeah. And Wisconsin is having a down year, especially mm-hmm. basketball wise. But is that is that going to be the conference championship matchup in the SEC? Alabama, Arkansas. Do you more think? more than likely, unless Kentucky and Coach Coach Calipari pulls something out of his ass. But besides hey, that, Calipari. Yeah. So that's, so that's probably the matchup we'll see in the SEC championship yeah i had to throw my i had to get my italian accent in there uh, let's go now that we'll, we'll save big 12 for the last one so it, or, uh, acc we talked about florida state you don't think that they're for real uh, unc made a big statement against duke in their in-state rivalry not the same kind of in-state rivalry we were talking about i mean I watched the damn Zion North Carolina game where the tickets were going for like forty eight hundred bucks for the back Nose row. Please, yeah. yeah, I watched that game. It's not the same, not the same not rivalry the same that we're role. watching right now, uh, but it, it could possibly end up me- meaning Coach K misses the tournament for the first time in twenty five years. ACC wise, 
Do you think it's Virginia's conference tournament to lose? Like I said, they're the lineal champions, quote-unquote lineal champions still. Virginia still is, is a great team. It has a lot of great good coaching as well behind them. Mm-hmm. Virginia has just, has just been there before. Florida State, I, don't, I think they're a flash on the pan. Like I said, I don't think they win this conference. I think we see possibly a Virginia-North Carolina ACC championship. I don't know exactly what the seeding is, um, but I got but I got to check it out. But I think Virginia-North Carolina could easily be – the ACC championship, and I think I'd take Virginia still. Just for aspects of making sure that we stay on the network, Jim, I think Florida State's going to do very well. I don't think that they're a fraud. You're not a football. You're not a basketball school. No, they're not a basketball Sorry, school. They're a baseball school. They're not even they're football school, school anymore. They're not even football school anymore. Um, so ACC tournament is Virginia's to lose pretty much Pac-12-wise. Uh, you got USC Colorado sitting right at the back of the top 25. Uh, Tad Boyle's got the guys. It's this is a different Colorado team than we've seen moving towards the tournament. Normally they struggle at the end of the season. They didn't really do that. They kind of righted themselves. But uh, they're one of those teams where you're talking about tournament experience. They have none. Mm-hmm. So what are you expecting to see from CU? Well, look, CU right now is the only ranked team in the Pac-12. They're a three seed in the Pac-12 tournament, which I think is a cause for concern because you're going to be facing better teams earlier on. But I do think they could make a lot of noise. Like I said, the only teams that give me worry are UCLA. Ooh, UCLA has a stigma behind them. USC's also been out of a decent year. Excuse me, in Oregon. Oregon, although they have a down year as well, they're always a team that you got to look out for the Pac-12. So Down year at 19-5 and five is not a bad thing. Exactly. So um, CU, I do, I do think they could win the conference. It would be huge for them because I don't think they've – They've, they've maybe won a Big 12 tournament um, conference championship way back when, but I don't think we've ever won a Pac-12. You want to talk about not a basketball school. Yeah, not a basketball. CU is not a basketball school. No. But like I said, Todd Boyle's got those boys running. Um, I'm excited. I'm, I'm, it'd be good to have – I mean, good for the state, basketball, for Colorado to be back in the tournament. Yeah. CSU has a, is, is on the bubble as well. I was going to say we can talk about CSU. They kind of shot themselves in the foot, though, losing down the stretch. That's true. They basically made it – they have to win their conference tournament, and then they're still – on the bubble but their conference tournament is not the their, their conference is they, the they could That's still the thing, i mean because they lost to unlv that was their last loss right which yep. unlv's that's all they have is basketball. That makes sense. UNLV is what what you would call a basketball school. Yeah, I mean, no no offense by this, but I see UNLV and GCU as two basically. There's a Spider-Man meme where it's like, what, what, who, what? Yeah, yeah that's sure. that's how I see GCU and um, UNLV. But I I think they the the Rams kind of made it difficult on themselves. But maybe that's a good thing because the tournament it's one and done. It's do or die and. And you don't really see that a lot in sports now. There's a lot of series. There's just a lot of other things. I think that's what brought, draws people in for March Madness, too, is that one bad night, one off quarter, or not quarter, one off half, mm-hmm. and you're done. Your season's over, and, and a lot of the times guys are leaving. Whoa. Guys are leaving to the draft. Um, so I think that's, that's what makes that interesting. Now, ra- rounding it out, let's talk about the Big 12 Really, well, actually, it's hold on. let's let's go whack first. Oh right, right, right. Whack. Got to talk about my action with the Lopes because the so my old Meyer GCU man, we were the number one seed going in the whack tournament. Wow. The most important aspect to it all is that New Mexico State is a three seed. You want to know why that's that's a big thing? Because New Mexico State is the top dogs in this conference forever. Utah Valley is the number two seed, and GCU with the number one seed gets a bye because there's only six teams in the tournament. Mm-hmm. So you have GCU and Utah Valley get the first round bye. New Mexico State has to go through has to go through a tough game, 
and not and being able to not see New Mexico State until the championship round is going to be huge. Utah or GCU did just beat knocked off Utah Valley on Sunday, I believe. Yeah, it was either Sunday or Saturday to be, to get our, the GCU their first regular season WAC championship, which is huge for the program. Mm-hmm. And now the next step is get that conference bid. Get that because, like I said, you're not going to make the make the champion or make the tournament bid if you don't win your conference. So, I was and just I'm, about I'm, to ask if they could make it without yeah, winning. No, that's like if Duke is on the bubble, there's no shot GCU make makes. Please it. God, do not make Duke not winning the championship be the reason GCU doesn't make the tournament. So I mean, look, if, if GCU, I don't want to have to deal with that, I love you, Nico, but that would be a lot. <laughs> it would be a lot to deal with, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, GCU plays Friday, Saturday night. If we win Friday, play Saturday night. I'm hoping, man, I will be partying all weekend, enjoying Selection Sunday, and then watching watching GCU be a 12 seed and Florida State being a 5 seed. And boy, Jim, Ooh. I will talk my shit Ooh. like no other. I do want to see that. that Especially because be there's a possibility that we have two lopes on our March Madness bonus mm-hmm. episode. Where if Jonah's able to come on, it'll be me, Jeremy, Jonah, and you. And that would be two GCU grads. Out of the four of us, I don't know what's going to happen. That's chaos. So be sure to tune in in a couple weeks because that's going to be a lot of fun. Exactly. Uh, a big 12 now. No, let's go WCC. Is, it, is Gonzaga? Well, Gonzaga's I, not going to lose. Okay. So now that we said that, let's go ahead and, and we'll double check the score because it's going on. Actually, it's over. 78-55, they won. Yeah, they're, they look, they're the number one seed in the NCAA tournament. They're the number one seed. Are, they're still going to get the number one seed overall? Do yeah, you think? they will. Okay. Just because they haven't lost. Yeah, that's true. That's that's why. Look, look, Gonzaga doesn't have as good of a schedule. It's just the fact of the matter it is, but they've whooped every single team they put in front of them. And those preseason slash early season tournaments, they still beat good teams. Mm. Although they those teams weren't as developed as they are now, they still beat good teams. All right, let's go to the Big 12. Baylor, obviously the favorite in this one, but there's a couple teams. I mean, and I've heard a lot about Oklahoma State. Apparently, Oklahoma State has the projected number one overall Cade pick Cunningham. in the draft. Cade Cunningham is an absolute stud. Is he playing in the postseason? Yep, he is. Is, the, is he that good? He is that good. Cade Cunningham is a stud. What they are doing in Oklahoma State, I, I know you're an Oklahoma State wrestling fan, mm-hmm. so I'm sure you're enjoying that too, but look out for Oklahoma State. They could be a team that could surprise some people because, like I said, when you get to the late March – it's those teams that have the star players. You gotta look at upset watches because those are teams that if you if that number one player is playing what his potential could be, they could be teams that knock off bigger teams in the Sweet 16, Elite Eight, whatever it may be. So you gotta look out for Oklahoma State a lot with Cade Cunningham from top to bottom. Though Baylor is damn good. What what they are showing out night in night out, they are good. Um, Coach Drew over there is doing a lot of good things with Baylor. The West Virginia game last week. Was an interesting one for sure. It went went to overtime, but Baylor at full strength, and their only reason why they've been slipping up lately is because they had twenty five days off because mm-hmm. of COVID tracing, and that's no easy. That's basically restarting your season. Yeah, I mean, we talked with Coach Schaefer about that. Starting and stopping, and starting and stopping is not easy to not deal, deal with. at all, and especially in college basketball too, when you got to play a full schedule. And I mean, it, having two and a half, three weeks off is nothing at all easy. So I think they, they're just hitting their form. That's a team that should probably get a one seed, but I don't think they will. Um, I think I think they may be, may be still that number the number one, two seed, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. The, the top two seed, there you go. Yeah. Uh, but Baylor is going to make a lot of noise and be a trouble troublesome for anyone in their, in their bracket. Oklahoma State's seeming a lot like Oklahoma from a couple of years ago with Trey Young. I, I don't – 
it's dangerous for me because that's those are my favorite teams to put put money on or make them have deep runs in the tournament. But I got to defend my bracketology championship, so I got plenty of that to come up. So that'll be the end of this YouTube clip, and now we'll let's talk about some hockey, and then we'll see if we can fit UFC in on this side of the break. If not, we'll talk about it before we get into uh, the second half of the show. But and the Avalanche are in a weird place right now, and I know we've kind of. We've brushed off a lot of their early season struggles because that's what they've been. It's early season struggles. But now we're at the point of the season where if you're a cup contender, it's time to start playing like a cup contender every single night. And what we've seen from the Avalanche team, especially in the past, I put it in here eight games. They're 4-4, four and four, but their losses are a 3-0 loss to Vegas at the end of that four-game series, a 6-2 loss to Minnesota at home, a 6-2 loss to San Jose where you gave up six goals unanswered. And then the Ducks last night in overtime, as we're recording this on on Sunday night, five to four. It's it's time for a little bit of a kick in the ass. I it think. is it is time for some sort of help, whether it be on the back line or get a secondary goaltender. For God's sake, yeah. I cannot see Hunter Miska throw out there anymore. Franco, we 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 took a gamble on Franco having a good year and being back, but him his injury is hurting us. And Grubauer throwing him in night in night out. You got to have a backup goalie. You have to have a backup goalie to play those games on back to backs or those long road trip games where the team is tired, but you have you have faith that your backup goaltender can go out there and still put a shutout up. And we don't have that at all. No, at all. And, and it's starting, you're starting to see that effect on the ice because Grubauer, I'm not going to give him frustrated. a lot, but he's, he's not in the losses. He's not played great. He did give up four unanswered goals. And then there was an empty netter in the six, two loss to San Jose. So it's not like he was stellar, but the defense I know that McCarr's injured. I know that Byram's not been available, and EJ's still out. But that's what we talked about with this team in that after that Lake Tahoe game is that the depth should be there. The depth is there. You got guys like Gerard. You got guys like, uh, you know, th- there's there's guys behind them, P.T. Belmar and, and everything like that. But we're seeing your top stars not be available, and then your secondary line is u- so used to playing with this top-tier talent that they're not able to hold their own, and we're seeing really bad losses to teams that either shouldn't be beating you or, like tonight, you end the first period down 2 nothing to Arizona, the only team that you haven't lost to this week. They've lost to every – or this year. They've lost to every other team in the division except for Arizona, and they have they had to come, down, come back from a 2-0 deficit. Something's wrong. Something's off. Something needs to be changed. I don't know if they need a players-only meeting. I think they had their players-only meeting after their 6-2 loss to San Jose. Look, it, it's we're, – we're so – like, I'm, I'm not worried at all just because I've seen what this team is like at full strength. And I think we're just running into hiccups in the road. I think, like we said in preseason, you got to remember, we didn't want – to have a hot regular season. It's the last thing we wanted. We wanted to have those bumps the road now so that in the postseason when we're fully healthy that we're clicking on all cylinders because I don't want this team clicking on all cylinders right now. I would love to win these games, but as long as we're still a playoff team, that's all that matters because the last thing I want is this team to peak right now. That's not what I want. I need, I need these guys competitive, winning games when they should, and now you're looking at those younger players and looking at the backup goaltender situation and be like, where is this help going to come from? And because that's that's what the longevity of the regular season is going to get you. Because like I said, you want this team to peak at the right time, but you still need to have a good seed in playoffs. I yeah, I was gonna say I don't want the four seed because right now it's Vegas one and we're four. 
I don't want that matchup first round of the playoffs. I would rather be a two or three seed, battle it out with St. Louis or Minnesota in the first round, and then get to Vegas in the in the conference. I think that would be the. I'm not sure how the NHL is doing the playoffs this year because remember last year they had the seeding games for the top four. They're not. Uh, they're, they're not, not going to do that, that again. Yeah. But it'll be so. It's your top four of your division plays in the first round. Then you play the winner out of that, and then you play the. Then it would be to the semifinals, and you'd play. I think we probably play the Central Division champion, yep. and then the North and the East will play, and then it's either going to be a Canadian team versus a Western team, or a team from the Eastern Division versus Central or, or West. It's it's very. It took me like three weeks on two for chirping. By the way, two for chirping on the Unhinged Sports Network. Fridays at 6 p.m. Mountain Time and replayed throughout the week. It took me like three weeks to figure it out. So uh, I just uh, I think that it's the, w- the one bright side out of all of this is Nick Chushkin is kind of starting to show up and see that he can be a consistent second, third yeah, line goal that, scorer. That, that's like I'm, that's why I'm taking this with a grain of salt because the Nuggets situation I am freaking out about because this team is not where they should be, blah, 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 but we're still contenders. With the Av situation, we've been hit with every single throw in the book, whether it be McKinnon being elbowed in the face the other, the other night. That or, guy got suspended for two exactly, games. Exactly, or, or the back of goaltender being hurt every single week and us having to throw out a Colorado Eagles goalie, or it be Byram having to be called up because Eric Johnson has been hurt all year. Look, the Avs, like I said, get thrown out everything right now. Get, and then get your stride the right way because, like I said, it's a long season. You just got to make sure you hit it at the right time. And I believe when we get back to full strength, this team will be fine because right now the most important thing is getting Grubauer some, some rest. Getting, they just lost, by the way. Okay, either, either way, get Grubauer some rest and get McKinnon back to full healthy because that's what's going to be just fine for this team. Yeah, we'll have plenty more as discussion. Uh, we're going to be – going on the tell it abs it is podcast and we'll let you guys know where you can find that but that's coming up here not this week but next week and nico's going to be on two for chirping this week so we get to get to chirp the crap out of the canadians i have some world for world juniors still talk to chirp at those canadians for there you go but uh we're we're coming up right on the break so we might as well go early and then when we come back we'll talk ufc recap and uh, we'll do most dominant team of the week and then get into our segments and, and everything like that. So we'll take a quick break here on the far end of the bench. You're listening to the Unhinged Sports Network. Don't go anywhere, and we'll be right back. Bench warmers, thank you guys for listening to the Unhinged Sports Network. And we wanted to talk about Fanatics once again, our oldest partner, our very first partner on the Unhinged Sports Network. You can still use their link in our bio and make your purchase because – there's new jerseys coming out on that site, and, and not just jerseys and shirts. It's anything merchandise-wise. Uh, all of the podcasts on the Unhinged Sports Network talk about it at FEOTB Pod to find the link in our bio and use that to buy your shirt. They've got promo codes every single day. Um, great great deals, great content, great great merchandise that you can get. Nico, what are some of the things that they can find on the Fanatics website through our link that they can buy? Well, I mean, it's it's March. It's April. Man, we have lots of good stuff coming. But the best time of March is the conference tournaments for college basketball and all those beautiful warm-ups that they use throughout the tournament. If you see a dude losing his mind on the bench with a sick warm-up, uh, through while you're watching the tournament, go to use the Fanatics ad. Go get you one of the warm-ups from those universities and go get support your favorite teams because all those just sick warm-ups, like I said, sick jerseys, whatever it may be, lots of good stuff. And the All-Star game just happened. NBA All-Star game happened. Go get you a Nicole Jokic jersey. 
I'm not sure what the color looks like right now because we're recording before, but they'll get you Nicole Yoko's jersey. They'll get you, <coughs> excuse me, an all-star warm-ups. I got an all-star warm-up jacket off Fanatics. They'll use, but you have to use that link. Make sure you use that link. Yeah, Fanatics, the best place for a sports fan. Get all your different merchandise that you need. Link in our bio at FEOTB Pod. Help out the Unhinged Sports Network and support your favorite team. Benchwarmers, we have another new partnership that we're talking about, Atemi Sports. We reached out to them, and they were gracious enough to offer us an affiliate position. So we have a new link in our link tree, at Pod, Instagram and Twitter. Go there, because they got great resistance bands for working out. Also good resistance bands for PT if you're having to overcome an injury, because I know we have a lot of uh, athletes that listen to the show, and then also with the men's league, we might have to invest in some Atemi sports bands so that we can recover after games. Yeah, we're going to have to stress ourselves out for sure, but I mean, it's a weird world we're living in. Gyms being closed, whatever it may be, um, wherever you are in the country, check out Atemi Sports because, like I said, those bands are great for at-home workouts. If you don't have much, you use a cheap price, just go through our link. You can check out whatever they have um, and get you a quick workout in, not even 30 minutes every single day, and stay in shape during these tough times. Yeah, use the link in our link tree and make your purchase through that way. It comes a little bit back to us so we can continue to make good content for you guys and continue to uh, work through our technical difficulties that we've been dealing with throughout this show. So Atemi Sports, follow them on Instagram at Atemi Sports, also on Twitter, and then use the link in our link tree when you go and buy your, your workout equipment and your resistance bands. Welcome back to the far end of the bench with Jimmy Pilato and Nico Bryan. Thank you for listening to those messages from our partners. Be sure to check those out in our link tree at FEOTB Pod, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, and you can also find the Unhinged merchandise store uh, at unhingedsn.com. And you can still message us on social media for some of our blue shirts because those are starting to sell a little bit. We also have stickers $12 for a shirt, $3 for a sticker, $15 for both. Message Nico or I, and we'll get you the payment information. We take PayPal, Venmo, and we'll, if you can see us and give us cash, cash yeah. we can we can take the cash Straight too. Straight cash, homie. Straight cash, only cash. But uh, let's talk about the UFC title fights. Now, this was we had the bonus episode with Rev. We had some really good discussion. I ended up listening to that episode three times because I listened to it live on the network. I caught a replay and then I listened to it just downloading. I'm not narcissistic. I'm an athlete, so I watch tape on myself and try and make myself better. Jimmy still likes listening to his voice. I still can't get used to it. I don't like listening to my voice. I'm just okay with it now okay. so that I can I can either edit it or anything like that. I'll but, get there one day, hopefully. Yeah. it's It was a fun night, though. Uh, so I was a part of Hilo did the commentary on ColorCast. I was a part of that. I was the cage side. I was the Megan O'Levy of the broadcast. I'm a lot better looking than a Megan O'Levy, but true, very true. Uh, and uh, so I would call in, and and we had some good discussion there, and that was a lot of fun. But we'll talk about the main title fights because that's basically what this card was surrounded by. It was the three title fight card. And uh, just a slight jab, I did win the pick'em. Oh, yeah, okay. I did because I was the only person that picked Blahovich. I was one of the few. I think I, maybe you and me picked Aljamain. Um, I didn't pick Aljamain. I picked. It was almost going to go to what I actually picked for Jan. Yeah. Because he was going to win that fight if he didn't be a dumbass and need Aljamain when he was still on the ground. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. Yeah. Well, well, let's let's dive into this Jan versus Sterling fight because 
Okay, but uh, first, let's let's start off because I know you want to talk about the illegal knee. I don't know if you were part of the the bad beat that had him winning, and then he got disqualified. Oh no! For the well, I mean, knee. I bet on Sterling, so okay. I was I was I was happy it happened. I'm okay. I wasn't. I wasn't you weren't happy. I wasn't because, happy it happened, but yeah. I was down. I, I was like, because when Yon before Yon did that, he was a minus three hundred favorite. Yeah, he was by far winning that fight. Oh, he was okay. That was that was my question. If that fight finishes out. Jan was taking over. Yes. Jan was starting to dominate, and Aljamain had no answer. Why did my question is what the hell is Aljamain doing? Why the hell do you not you have such a great jujitsu game? Why the hell do you try to box with him, stand up and box him? He couldn't take him down, honestly. It's I true. mean, he was hitting. Jan had ninety six percent takedown defense. He got taken down once, and Jan had like three or four takedowns. Just he was doing weird trips because I think he was mainly just showing Aljamain like. He, it's almost the guy was so much better than you. He wanted to show you how he was going to beat you, like in chess, where you're the guy's narrating his moves. That's basically what those takedowns were. It was, I didn't realize that the champion could lose the title under disqualification. This is the first time I don't think it had. I think it never has. But that's what. So I, when this happened, I was listening to the high low color cast, and then when he needed the down opponent, opponent, I turned on the. UFC commentary because they're obviously going to have a little bit more information. They're getting the message from the truck and Dana and everything like that. And they mentioned that it's written in the rules that if it fight ends on a disqualification, the title changes hands. You, I thought they were just going to call it a no contest because that's normally what happens when the fighter can't continue, especially when you can't contend that the fighter was winning the fight. Now I'll, I'll give it this for the first three rounds. It was competitive. I think it was two one and Aljamain had a pretty decent round two. I think that's the one that he won. But Jan was starting to take over. He was winning that fourth round handedly. And then I think the fifth round, we possibly could have seen a 10-8. Who do you put? I mean, obviously, you got to put blame on Jan because he threw the knee. But he, the, his story is that he was instructed to by his corner. I know. Well, so, that, so, the, so I watched the post-fight um, press conference on the UFC YouTube and what? First of all, Dana was very shocked that the title changed hands. He was expecting a no contest because that's usually how those DQs that should go. have been. What happened? That should have probably what happened because I mean, Aljamain Sterling left the belt in the ring. He did not want it because he didn't win it. He 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 got dis- the other guy got DQ'd. So we'll definitely see the rematch with that. But Jan, Jan in the I mean, he was speaking Rush, Russian, right? Russian. Mm-hmm. He was speaking Russian in the post post fight press conference, so it could have been interpreted wrong. But what he he was asked who told you or what happened, he was like, it was just a bad judgment. Apparently, he 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 didn't listen to his he wasn't listening to his corner, and that it wasn't necessarily his corner telling him to knee. That he he took it as a um, that because. Aljamain was kind of like he had one knee on the ground, but he was he was kind of squatting with the other one. Yeah. So he thought that it, he was he was getting up, and that's what the situation was. That's what he that's what he said it was in Russian. Like I said, could have been an interpreter different. Interpreter, UFC interpreter probably did the right way with it. But either way, I I don't think it was his corner that's doing it the right way because Jan is Jan is a good fighter, and like I said, if you're winning a fight like that, that handily more than likely, like you do not do that. No, and whether it was like whether or not it was like on purpose, it was on purpose because it happened. And if it, and like even if he didn't mean to do it on purpose while he was need, it happened. That means it's on purpose. And although it, the outcome was just weird and Aljamain Sterling, like 
getting a concussion and blah blah blah. It was blah. a beautiful technique. If it was clean, that would have been the end of the fight. If if he if he was on his toes there on the ground, that would have been perfect. But a split second like later in Aljamain, because that was one thing that I it was Cormier who was saying it, but. Jan did have his hand on Aljamain, and maybe he could feel him start working his yeah, way up. That's... He just threw it a little bit too early, so that could be part of the situation. One second later, and we're talking about Jan with a dominant fourth round, probably KO, because Aljamain, you, you saw it when he was trying to figure out if he could finish the fight. It, I'm glad that he wasn't able to fake it, because there's a lot of times where you're seeing seeing guys too Josh, tough for their own Josh good. Koscheck well, with the fake well, B. To I, I mean, like he but, didn't, he wasn't able to fake that he was okay and can no. continue the fight. Josh, I was going to bring up Josh Koscheck too because that's didn't even get touched and he faked it for a win because that's that's how faked me to the head. But yeah, no, all, I used I mean, to be such a big Koscheck fan. Just side note, after coming out of that Ultimate Fighter season, I was a huge Koscheck fan, and I lost. That was the first bet that I Paul lost. Paul Daly thing. No, no. Well, Well, that Paul Daly incident didn't help Koscheck's situation, but... No, that was the first bet that I lost. It was when he was fighting Diego Sanchez, and I bet my baseball coach 50 push-ups that Koscheck would win. Didn't happen. Just throwing that out there, but... uh, But, yeah, I mean, look, to... To Henry Cejudo, to anyone else who was who was saying that he didn't get his shit rocked, fucking look back at the tape. Cejudo was like, "Oh, the man can do a post game press conference and can they stopped the post game press conference early." You oh. yeah, like like look, look, look to, Henry, to, Henry, to, so, shut yeah. the fuck up. Cejudo so, so apparently is coming back to blah blah blah. Sterling wants that fight. I don't know. That's the stupidest thing. Look, the dude was in the hospital. Yes, he probably he could probably tweet it still. But the dude's not in the right mindset. He got shit rocked. He couldn't stand up. That is the cleanest. Yes, okay, not clean as in legal. The cleanest head to the knee connection you'll ever see. Like that's like he fucking knocked him the fuck out. That's that's where movies don't do a service. Where you see these kung fu movies where you take a knee like that and then you stand up and kick the guy in the face. That's not how this works. Uh -uh. You get hit in the in the temple with a knee. You're you're I, fucked. I got you're fucked. The dumbest well, well. the dumbest concussion that I ever had, and it wasn't in football. It wasn't in wrestling. It was after a baseball game. I bent down behind the bleachers to grab something out of the cooler, and when I came up, I smacked the very back of my head on the bleacher, and I had a concussion because I don't remember. I played in the game later that night. I don't remember half the game, but. So, so taking a knee to the side of the temple like that, you're not going to be able to do anything after. Look, the dude tweeted four or five hours after the fight ended, saying that saying responding back to, to Jan for apologizing and doing all that, and for fuck's sake, give the dude some like look, he could not. There's no shot in hell he should have gotten back up and fought. No, none. he would have. None would've... whatsoever. That's that's the point where you're endangering your fight the fighters. That, yeah, and if it's a legitimate concussion, which I'm, I assume that he has, more than likely a legitimate concussion. Yeah, that's why MMA is safer than boxing because you can't get up when you're concussed like that. You get the standing eight count in boxing; it's a little bit more dangerous because you end up taking more damage. UFC, you get knocked out; you're it's done. basically yeah. done. Depending on how quick the referee jumps in, you might get unless a couple dan- extra unless shots. Unless your referee's Herb Dean. Yeah, <laughs> Dean likes to make sure that you're dead you're before dead, yeah. you're knocked out. Oh, yeah, he can't get up. The fight's over. Um, does this kind of hold up the 135 pound division? Do well, you think? Yeah, because they have to. Fight, they have to do. Yeah, I mean, they have to. Who do you think Sandhagen fights in between? Because they can't let Sand Sandhagen is coming off of a loss. Yeah, first of all, I, I don't know honestly. I, I, I I'll maybe, look up maybe the, throw Aldo at him and give Aldo a send off fight. Because <laughs> I'm like, I, you have to run it back. 
those are definitely the top two contenders, but Sandhagen's probably next in line after that. I think Sandhagen might be a better matchup against Dion, just because uh, that's more of a stand-up battle that they're going to see, and Aljamain couldn't do what he wanted to and get him down to the ground, so I think we're going to see a different fight. Oh, 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 I just saw something that could be interesting. Okay. What about Killashaw? Dillashaw's two-year ban is coming up soon. Uh, against is, Corey Sandhagen? Yeah. Sure. Throw throw Dillashaw versus Sandhagen. Apparently, there's been some beef about that about that fight. Um, apparently, it's in the works. Sandhagen versus Dillashaw, UFC title fight eliminator. So, basically, that would face the winner of that fight. I think that'd be very interesting because Dillashaw is still a damn good fighter. Yeah, or if they wanted to get something done sooner. And I apologize, Corey Sandhagen's coming off of a knockout yeah, of Frankie Frank Edgar. Yeah. But uh, they could do uh, Garbrandt versus Sandhagen. As That's a possible eliminator, one. too, yeah. because I think that Garbrandt, I would rather see Garbrandt get a shot at a title faster than Killashaw because he wasn't on EPO like Dillashaw was. Gar- Garbrandt also has a very loud mouth. I mean, yeah, I don't I don't mind that. I, I just don't want to see a guy who is actively cheating get a shot at the championship again. So That's fair. Either way, I, I, uh, it's going to be interesting what they do. Like I said, nothing... You can't go on with the division until those two fight again. So. Yeah. Uh, so next fight we'll talk about these scare. This this is the performance of the night, possibly the finish of the year because she she basically I'm gonna count that as two submissions in one. <clears throat> yeah. I've never seen an inverted triangle before. The girl's also six foot three. You gotta remember that the, what Van Nunes fucking did to that tall woman. Yes. It's not like Megan Anderson is five foot eight. No like, like that is a very tall woman that she took down with ease and put her in a nasty triangle. Yeah, yeah, inverted triangle. So she's yeah. basically rear naked choking her with her legs from behind. And then with the long ass six foot arm, she did the little, she had a arm bar at the elbow and the choke at the, at the legs. And it was quick too. That was, that was the funny part about the color cast. I got off the call with Hilo and turned on their commentary again and turned on the fight. Two minutes later, I'm back on the phone with Hilo. It's like, so, uh, what One do you... No I, I thought I would have more more uh, time to formulate my thoughts. I don't know what I'm thinking about the next fight, honestly. Because, look, Amanda Nunes is... I can, I think I can firmly say this. Is the pound-for-pound pound best fighter in the UFC. Yeah, pound I was going to say, I think she's kind of moving... Especially amongst the fans who actually watch fighting, she's definitely... People pound people, for pound, regardless of gender. Possibly. Exactly, people are not n- not seeing that that she's a female fighter anymore. People are seeing how that it doesn't matter who they put in front of her. Yeah, it does not matter. Name any person off the street, any woman in the world. I can firmly, uh, I don't know firmly. There's some weird people in Russia, but I can firmly say that man knew this, but probably beat the shit out of. Yeah. I, I think that she beats the shit out of... And she's the of, nicest person, too. God. Yeah. Oh, my God. How, the, how, I mean, it was a great moment, but how do you think Megan Anderson felt... You almost broke my arm in half and choked me out in a position nobody ever does. Yeah, sure, I'll meet your baby. I'll do whatever you want to do. Just don't... I'll do whatever. Just don't eat me. <laughs> Amanda Nunes is an absolute... Look, she is the lioness for a reason, because when she steps inside the octagon... She, that is the biggest turn of flip of the switch I've ever seen in my life. Because you do not want to stare down Amanda Nunes in any ring, octagon, whatever it may be. Outside of the ring, lovely person. Yes. Lovely person. The person you want to meet. The person you love to shake their hand. Yeah. Outside of the octagon, get the fuck away from me. I'm a, I'm a 260-pound man, 
And if I was in the octagon across from Amanda Nunes, I would tap out before she got her hands on me. <laughs> That's just 110% the truth. I wouldn't even... I, I honestly... And there's a weird stigma about... that. There's It's never going to happen because of the stigma about men and women fighting. But I think that there's a good portion of maybe... I think she could beat some of the men. She could yes. beat some of the men. I, I think she probably could have beat Uriah Faber, especially yeah, towards yeah. the end well, of his career. What does she weigh? She's she's a bantamweight and a featherweight, so she was fighting at 145, but she's fought at 135 too. Okay, so 145, yeah. Like I think she. I don't know about featherweight, but she could definitely beat up some of the men's bantamweight division. Probably everyone outside the top five. Yeah, probably. I think very easily. Top five, she could easily give a run for her money, too. Yeah. I still think she'd be the betting favorite against anyone in the top five of the bantamweight division. Mm, I don't know. There is something to be said about men just being diff- genetically different in that way. So there's maybe a little bit more I mean, at, power, this, at, at this point, Dana, just fucking make the fight. Don't her, should... her in a title fight for the male division. Because that's, yeah. that's the only fight that's going to give her a test. And that would be the fight that cemented her as the superstar she's, she deserves to be. Because she should be the face of the UFC, especially the women's division, and she's oh, still she already not. is the face of the women's division. The women's division, 100%. Uh, I don't really think that a lot of people are seeing it that way well, because who, they're who, still... Who's the face of the women's division UFC right now? I mean, then. if you're just a casual viewer, you're still going to say Paige Van Zant or no, Ronda Rousey I because see. that's the face that you see. It's, they don't put Amanda Nunes' face on anything. If I were to ask on the street right now, who is the face of women's UFC? I'd bet you twenty bucks. The only other name I'd hear is Ronda Rousey, Probably. because people haven't don't realize she's not fighting anymore. That's the only reason. The, the Paige Van Zant has never never got close to winning a title. She she's only a pretty face. No offense, but she is. I, I, and, I'm and, saying, and that's the UFC pushed her. The UFC attached a rocket to her and tried to push her as far as she could go, and and they did. They pushed her as far as her talent would take her. Women's MMA is Amanda Nunes. That's just the way it is. Boom! Like, look, there's it ends. The conversation ends and begins. Look, Valentina Shevchenko is a damn good fighter. Mm. She ass kicked. Chris Cyborg, damn good fighter, ass kicked. Yeah. Women's MMA starts and ends with Amanda Nunes. She's very impressive. It's interesting. I'm interested to see what they're going to try and do with her moving forward because there's really no other contender. Her press conference, also, I'll go keep going back to that. Her press conference, she was just like, yeah, I'm, I, I don't, I'm not worried about who's behind me. I am willing to take on all, all comers. Like, I, I'm not, I have no beef with anyone. If they want to step up and fight me, I give everyone a shot. I give everyone a shot at facing Alinus. Whether they have a shot at winning, at beating her is to be seen. But she said that I, I, I am not anywhere close to retiring. I'm just having fun out there. I have, a, I have a, my, my family's doing well. And now she, she's just going to rock everyone that she sees in front of her forever now. I'm going to throw this out there. And don't laugh because this is a, a legitimate. Um, this is something that I'm really thinking about. Let's give... Let's say Jermaine Durandamay and Juliana Pena, because those are the two and three contenders at the Bantamweight division right now, because I think she has to go down to Bantamweight. There's not anybody else left at the, the women's featherweight division. They get a tag team against Amanda Nunes. Oh, my God. And have one girl fight the first round. If she can get out of the first round, the next girl fight the second exactly. round. Oh, God. Or, or, or <laughs> we give them a weapon. Nothing, <laughs> that'll, nothing that'll kill. But like a blunt weapon, maybe add because Amanda Nunes has two blunt weapons. Maybe called her make fist. A, maybe make Amanda Nunes wear boxing gloves. Yeah. Tie one hand behind her back. <laughs> then maybe I have a shot. 
tell her or say that she can't like a sparring match. You can't throw a punch until two two minutes left in the round. The other girl has to be able to throw ten punches before you do anything. All right, this round Amanda can only use jujitsu. <laughs> Go! Oh my god, I, that'd be hilarious. This honestly. round she can only use her feet. Go! Oh, she just kicked her head off. All right. <laughs> Amanda Nunes wins again. She doesn't make it out of the first round. You tell Amanda Nunes to do to use jujitsu. She fucking uses it. You, you tell her to box. She demolishes the other girl. It doesn't matter what it is. Yeah, it's she's she's something else. That was definitely performance of the night by far out of the entire card, and, and it's well deserved. She's a great great person, a great ambassador ambassador for the sport. Main event wise. I think we all caught, got caught up a little bit in the hype train. I know you picked Blahovich, but you were giving Adesanya his due on the on the bonus episode, and well deserved too. People were just sleeping on Blahovich. Mm-hmm. That's exactly how it was. Like I said, I wasn't surprised because I knew what chin and what stamina Blahovich has. Izzy was fighting at two hundred point five pounds. Fucking Jan Blahovich was fighting at two thirty. That's never ever gonna be a fight where. Izzy is, is going to be able to dominate for five rounds. Bohovic yeah. will get his wrestling in. He will be able to stand up. Izzy is very, very tough for Izzy to come in that low of weight and be able to dominate. If he is ever going to think about going up to 205, he has to put on weight. Yeah. has to. Because I'm telling you right now, that Israel Adesanya doesn't last 30 seconds against John Jones. No, 30 I'm seconds. John Jones runs through him. Very glad that it was Blahovich that we learned this about and not a guy like John Jones where it could actually have been detrimental dangerous. to yes. Izzy's career. In health. In health. This was, this was a, I mean, it's a good fight overall for everybody involved because it was the mainstream media that Blahovich needed. It was his first time headlining a card, and that was great for him. And he now Adesanya can go back down to middleweight, and it's not going to affect anything that he does there. Exactly. He's still gonna. He's still the king of that division, and now he's gonna. It's, he's gonna go back down and build himself up to a point where we're gonna see. Oh, let's see him and Jones again, and then. It, I mean, by that time, I think, looking, one year, two years down the road, John Jones has won the heavyweight title. Just, just look at it like that. Just think about. It. Just, just. In perspective, I'm, this is not going to happen. I'm not saying it's going to happen. Just think about it happening. John Jones wins the heavyweight title, the light heavy, and then goes back down to the light heavyweight to be a double champ. Hmm. Then the next contender for the light heavyweight championship is Israel Adesanya. Why don't you try that? Do that again, because I don't see why not. It, look, if you're John Jones, you don't drop to light heavyweight anymore because there's, like I said, Bohovich as great of a fire he is now, he can't touch. John Jones and John Jones the only competition right now is in the heavyweight division and if Israel Alessandro doesn't want to throw weight on his body and wants to come in at 200 pounds and have John Jones step into the octagon at 230 you have no shot oh definitely 250 because John Jones has done something different to his training regimen and he's an absolute something monster different to his his training regimen too (laughs) I'm just gonna say that he's probably not on steroids well he was at one point I know he was at one point but hey we'll see we'll we'll see you saw it starting to loosen the reins a little bit they're not testing for marijuana anymore which is very very good for the sport I'm very happy for that but look Bohovic UFC won they create a star in Bohovic I saw the, the hype train maybe derailed slightly, but it's you're still back on the track. It still rolls. It rolls on rolls at on. 185. It's just now you're not. I think they wanted the UFC would have liked to see Stylebender win because he would have been the first undefeated 
uh, double champ. That would have been the first time that they had an undefeated double champ. But hey, it's no slight to him. It's it's whatever. And now he'll go back down to 185, and we'll see what he does moving forward. And I think Blahovich is going to have a, a nice little run at one at 205. He's still gonna. He's probably going to defend a couple more times, and then yeah. some young kid is going to come in. I'm interested to see what happens with Rakic because I think Rakic might be a fun fight yeah, for Rakic, him. Yeah, Rakic, I think maybe next one in line, honestly. Because mm-hmm. I think that's the next title fight to make a light heavyweight. Yeah, I don't see any of the other contenders. Unless they give Dominic Reyes another shot. That's the only only thing I see. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll continue to stay up to date on that. I'm sure by the time UFC 260 comes around, we'll have the problem back on and talk about all things in Ganu and Stipe because I'm I'm pumped for that fight. I, right. I I like the light heavyweights, I like UFC, but the the heavyweights are my bread and butter. I'm the yeah, I'm a big guy. That's bo- bo- that's my thing. Look, light heavyweights and the heavyweight division is damn good. Yeah. I deny either. All right. Let's uh let's transition now out of the UFC talk and let's move into uh, our segments are not new segments anymore. Not, not, yeah, we've been we're going to have to come up now. with a section. We're, we're going to have to figure out what we're going to call this portion of the show. But uh, we'll we'll do our we'll start with what's brewing presented by the High Alpine Brewing Company, our partners in Gunnison. We did a bonus episode from the brewery a couple of weeks ago. Go back and listen to that. Had a couple of cool guests on, and the owner of High Alpine Brewing, Scott. On follow them on Instagram and Twitter at High Alpine Brew. Basically, this is this is a news story that we we saw. It's a little bit interesting. Could be sports related. Could be just kind of pop culture ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll start. A collapse is brewing in Pittsburgh. I'm just gonna say that they did and resign. Jimmy couldn't be happier. I, I'm actually pretty because pretty damn happy. There's there's I have for as much as I hate the Steelers, I do have a lot of friends and I have some family that are Steelers fans. And I'm so glad that they're talking themselves into the fact that Ben Roethlisberger can give them one one last run. I know he can't. He's the fourth best quarterback in the division now. He's the reason you guys lost to Cleveland in the in the wild card. I know he almost willed you back, but he had to throw 55 times because he threw three interceptions early on in that game. He was the reason that you guys were down that much in that game. Yes, he did what he could to come back. He wanted what he did with his contract because he ended up taking like a $4 million salary hit doesn't really mean anything. He's made $200 million in his career. Mm-hmm. But now he gets to say, oh, no, I really just want to win a championship. Money doesn't matter to me. It's basically this is the free agency or contract version of him wearing a size 18 shoe. Oh, I twisted my ankle. I twist. Remember, I twisted my ankle. Don't forget about that. Whatever I do, I, I have a twisted ankle. This I, is – I'm so happy. We're going to see – Something along Drew Brees' lines, like last year. I think we see Roethlisberger lose his job halfway through the year, and he has a quote-unquote injury. I don't think he finishes the full season. Maybe come playoff time, if they're contending, then he'll be back on the team. But I don't see him finishing the full season. No, I don't see some him. injury will pop up, and he'll miss some games. And Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins will get thrown in. We might see him get actually injured because yeah. he's he's injured all the time. But we might see him get actually injured and not be able to play. What I said it last week when we were talking about the old quarterbacks holding teams hostage. I think that this sets the entire franchise back. Yes, you're maybe not going to get your next quarterback now, but you're not even preparing to get your next quarterback. Well, I mean, look, they kind of already prepared with if if they think Rudolph is still it or they think Dwayne Haskins is it. Maybe, maybe the Steelers were in the thought process of let's give Dwayne Haskins time underneath Big Ben. And maybe he gets his shit together. I don't know if that's the logical way to take it, but maybe it's it's. I want a way you to, to hear it. what you I, just I know, said. I, I know. As I said it, I was like, "Wow, what the fuck am I saying?" The guy who's not allowed near the women's restrooms in Heinz Field is gonna. 
Is going to mentor the guy who missed a game for going to the strip club? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe, Jimmy. Pittsburgh has done stupider things. I'm, I'm just happy. I, I can't wait to see how this one plays out. That's my what's brewing this week. Uh, my, my For me, my what's brewing, I I had one originally, but we did talk about it a, quite a bit earlier, Blake Griffin to the Nets. But since I'm wearing a lacrosse penny, I decided I'm going to throw in some PLL stuff. Um, Paul Rabel, who is the face of the Premier Lacrosse League. Talks Isn't he to, the commissioner? He's the, he's the commissioner, the, the co-owner of the league, and a player of the Bakers League at the Jackie Moon. He was on the Atlas. He got he, – so they – like I said, like I said in my um, blog a few weeks back, they bought the MLL, which was the Major League of Cross. And he, Paul Rabel used to play in the MLL. He played for the Boston Cannons, which the Cannons were bought out and now are part of the PLL. They're a new expansion team, and he basically was like, you know what, fuck it, let's 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 make the expansion team good. So he he asked for a trade, and they sent him to. The I can't believe team. that trade didn't get blocked. Yeah, I know, man. I, who who would have thought the owner commissioner was like, yo, tra- I'm gonna trade myself away, <laughs> and help and help um help build the league more by joining the team that he used to play for earlier on in his career. So yeah, that's that's good for it. Um, besides that's besides that, like the PLLs starting up more, the expansion drafts coming up here soon. Um, probably won't have a whole lot to talk about that, but when, when the season gets going, I'm sure we'll get into it more because I really don't want to talk about baseball going forward. No, and that should I think we should do a Cannons game as the watch-along, the, the lacrosse game that I'm going to sit through. Because like we said, we're going to do an Olympics wrestling watch-along and a lacrosse watch-along so that we can... And Jimmy's going to explain everything to me through wrestling, and I'll explain every little bit of lacrosse game for him. And you guys will get to hear most of it because we're, we'll have the mics on. It's going to be a lot of editing, but it'll be worth it because I think that's going to be fun content for the fact that I know jack shit about lacrosse and, and know you know jack shit about, about Olympic wrestling. Exactly. So that'll be fun. Uh, so that's what's brewing. Follow the High Alpine Brewing Company at High Alpine Brew. Now let's move into Off the Hinges. You teased it. So Off the Hinges presented by the Unhinged Sports Network. Follow them on Twitter at Network Unhinged. Go off. What's your Off the Hinges? Please, for fuck's sake, get an all-star in the dunk contest. You had the best opportunity to do it. First of all, th- look, you had you had, every single person in the three-point contest was an all-star. Every single per- – or excuse me, one person – who was thrown in there for whatever reason. And the skills challenge was an all-star. Didn't he end up winning it that wasn't an all-star too? I don't remember. I think it was someone else. But you, like either way, the dunk contest, you had the perfect opportunity. You cucked yourself by by picking – okay, don't get me wrong. Obi Toppin, stud. He's a stud. I think he's, a, he's one of the best rookies of this class. He's going to be a damn good player. Cassius Stanley hasn't had a field goal in an NBA game yet. A single field goal. I'm not necessarily saying a dunk. A field goal. A shot. Anything. In a game, in an NBA game, and you throw him in the dunk contest, and you're expected for those ratings to pop off. No, and then also Anthony Simons, he's in his third year, but the dude hasn't had a dunk in a game this year either. Like, look, look, the way the way I see it is, the NBA has gotten to the stigma of the dunk contest is not as meaningful because you're worried about injuries, about whatever. Well, when is the last time you've seen an injury in the dunk contest? I don't think it's ever happened, right? Like, look, you're 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 doing some crazy dunks. I I I've seen this for years now. Don't throw your all star. Don't don't jump over your all star player. Don't don't allow your all star uh, teammate to be part of your routine of the dunk contest because he may get hurt. Please explain to me how they're going to get hurt. There is a better chance they get hurt in the all star game than helping a teammate out with a dunk. Yeah. Or dunking at all. 
Like, it is ridiculous. And look, there was rumors that Zion was going to be in this dunk contest. That would have taken it over the top. But I'll tell you one of the reasons why Zion wasn't in the dunk contest. Because the competition. If you told Zion originally that Zach Levine, LeBron, okay, probably not LeBron because he's near 17, but Zach Levine, Zion Williamson, and we're bringing back Nate Robinson, damn it, or Aaron Gordon was in the dunk contest, if you told him that was his competition, he would have done it. Mm. I guarantee you he would have done it. Because Zion is is he he's a kid at heart. He's having so much fun. He was a he's a the fourth youngest All Star to ever start start or first fourth youngest player in NBA history to, to start in the All Star game. Yes, he had injuries and blah blah blah, but still that's still damn cool. And Zion has the hops to do it. He he puts on a show. I've seen dunks of him literally dunk with his foot full foot behind the free throw line and make it. Like yeah. it's not the what he's able to do as a size. You got to do something like that because if we're gonna get, I'm just gonna I'm just hoping that what we saw at halftime was a one shot wonder. That 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 was a wake up call to everyone else in the league. That the dunk contest is not where it should be. It needs to be. Look, 2016 is an outlier because what happened? What those two men put on a show with? But ever, nobody but, expected. But that. ever since the early late 2000s, early 2000s, dunk contest has been a bore. Yeah. And the three-point shooting contest is almost about to take over. In my opinion, the dunk contest is the premiere of All-Star Saturday Night, and it is probably going to be taken over soon. That, yeah, and the, the thing that you were mentioning about getting hurt, dunking is definitely the safer of the two plays that can happen near the rim. It, you see guys get hurt a lot more in, with layups and transition. Mm-hmm. That's the Paul George injury. He going for a layup. He's not running underneath. full speed at a defender. He's just by himself with a rim. Yeah. Like... And and you catch yourself on the rim. All yeah. these guys are catching themselves on the rim and then just, you know, slightly dropping, dropping because they yeah. can do that. It's not like a, a guy like you or I where we're using everything that we have to get up to the rim. And, and then, then we barely touch it and then we fall down. Back. Yeah, <laughs> like there's there's a difference here. There's there's levels to this game. Guys that can jump and dunk normally can control themselves coming down, especially I don't think anybody lands on one foot in the dunk contest unless you're – uh, Zach Levine going between the legs from the free throw line, but hey, like, I'll, like, I'll give you a pass there. I yeah. guess I'll give you a pass for that one. Yeah, I just hope to see change. Like I said, I hope it's an outlier just because of the COVID situation and all-star weekend, not being a full festivities. I'm hoping it's just because of that, because next year, the all-star games in, in Cleveland, maybe LeBron in the dunk contest, maybe in his own, in his own city, maybe like I, I can hope. He's but I feel a, like if there's a, give us something. if if there is one city for LeBron to be in a dunk contest in, be in Cleveland. Yeah. Although he's not a Cavalier anymore, if he was in the dunk contest in Cleveland and there are fans there, it would go berserk. That would be true. Like, I, like I, I hope it changes soon. I, I, I look. That's just because I love the All Star All Star Weekend because I think NBA does it pretty damn good. I think the only other argument against it is the MLB All-Star game just because you have to go hard in the MLB All-Star game. But I still think All-Star Weekend with, with everything that goes on the whole weekend, whether it be the Rising Star game, which we got unluckily jobbed out of because Faku and MPJ were voted into those rosters. But the game they couldn't they didn't play the game, unfortunately. But All-Star Saturday night with a dunk contest, three-point contest, skill challenge, and then Saturday or Sunday night with the All-Star game, I think it's so much fun. I just hope that everything can get back to normal next year. Yeah, we're going to see a big discrepancy because usually the dunk contest and the home run derby are neck and neck. Mm-hmm. The home run derby is going to kill whatever the dunk contest yeah, got. Because, I mean, you can those kids now in MLB just can bomb it. 
Yeah. You can, and that's, a, that's, that's, that's one thing I also saw a comparison was like, we're not seeing stars in the home of Derby anymore, but it really doesn't matter because they can still fucking yard it. Oh, I mean, Yoana Cespedes, when he won it, hit like 45 home runs the entire night, which and, is and people And people worry about the, the also or the home run derby messing up your swing or whatever. I don't know, the dunk contest should never have that problem. No, there's there's a lot of things that the NBA is missing out on, not having one of those good things. I don't I, I like that as your off-the-hinges mind. It's a lack of morality in sports, and it's talked about a lot. I'm not going to sit and say that I'm not going to watch a sport because a guy – has some sort of charge and he shouldn't be in the league. I'm not that proud. I'm I'm a sports addict. I'm still going to watch no why matter what. Show. Yes, that's why you guys are here because I'm a sports addict and will watch no matter who's playing. But that doesn't take away the fact that I still think that Josh Gordon's, Johnny Manziel, Tyreek Hill, um, Kick Reem Hunt, all those guys, Ben Roethlisberger, shouldn't be in the league due to the fact like they get a pass based on their bad morals because they're such good athletes and they play well. And Josh Gordon scoring a touchdown in the FC, FCF is what brought this up. He shouldn't be there. And and his situation is different. I don't think he shouldn't be there because of the mistakes he made. I think he shouldn't be there because he's proven when he's successful in playing, he can't handle the other things in his life. He has an addiction issue. He has a problem with using he, – he has a, a marijuana issue. That's not an addiction. But he has an issue to where he can't not do that. And it's, it's detrimenting other parts of his life. So we're letting him fuck up everything else just because he can play really well on the field. I don't think that's right. I don't think that's what kids should be shown you, you can do in sports. I think that it should be a bigger deal of him getting help and actually fixing the issue before we put him back in some sort of roster, whether it's FCF, XFL, NFL at some point, because he's still talented enough that he could play at those levels. But there's other things that we need to put a priority on, other than getting some high-level athlete back on the field. I, I mean, I'm 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 not gonna hate that at all. The only thing slide I have against that is just because there's there's a person we had on the show that got a second chance, and look what he made out of it. So that's that's. But the, he took the time to get the help that he needed before a second chance. Exactly. Or he, he took the time, like he got his other affairs in order mm-hmm. to get in. I th- I think that that's what we're missing with yeah. Josh Gordon. Nobody's ever taken the time to fully fix his issue. Like if if Josh and, Gordon had and, somebody and, like your dad, and, and, may, and maybe he is behind the scenes, we don't know yet. But like I said, it's 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 just all happening so quickly. I, I hope they're able to figure it out because, like I said, I'm all for people getting their shit together and getting second chances and having a chance to make a professional career. Because some of these athletes, like I said, Josh Gordon is still an NFL receiver when when he's when he's at his full potential. So I I, I, I hope to hope to see good things come out of this and these players be able to get back to where they were and get everything off the field situation. Because like I said, they're human beings first and they do deserve second chances now and then. They just got to be able to do it the right way. I will say this is Josh Gordon's like fourth or fifth chance because he's getting, got kicked out of the league twice, I think, for by the NFL for their substance abuse violation. That's but I, I see what you're saying. I just think that he doesn't have the right people in place. Like yeah. if he had somebody like your dad, the way that, that – you know, the Chris situation. Yes, the yeah. way that Chris had, I think that we're seeing – I don't think that he gets suspended from the league twice. I think that we're seeing a different person. So that's yeah, why yeah, I – You just got to have the right crew around you, that's for sure. Yeah. Because some of these – like I said, when, you come, when you're a professional athlete, you – although neither of us are professional athletes and I can't speak for ourselves, but I, being around being around professional athletes my whole life, you got to have the right crew around you because if you don't, things can go sideways quickly. And 
that's what that's why I see some of these situations the way they are. Because I mean, I, I I relate it back to a Damian Lillard situation. Lillard has lost I think eight family members slash friends in the past two years, whether it be to to gun violence or whatever it may be. Like he still plays with his head on head high and plays for a city and wears his heart on his sleeve. So that's the way you gotta look at it. You gotta look at the right people around you to weed out the wrong ones in your life um and be there for be there for each other because that's because like i said all these all these guys at one point grew up playing football and being their passion it just at some point something went went sideways so i'm hoping he can fix it but i don't think he's going to be fixing it by playing on the same fcf team as a guy like johnny menzel i I don't think that's the right situation to put a, a guy like that in um, so that's my off the hinges. That's off the hinges presented by the Unhinged Sports Network. Follow them at Network Unhinged, um, and check out everybody else unhingedsn.airtime.pro uh, as well. Now let's move on to what's on your screen, and uh, mine's going to be similar to what it has been in the last couple weeks. This is presented by Fubo TV at Fubo TV. Use the link in our bio, and you can start a free seven day trial. It's it's great. Look, All the cable you- channels, no cable contract. Exactly, and I'm. Okay, I may be wrong here, but I'm almost positive that CBS, NBC, all that is on Fubo TV, mm-hmm. which means you will get the tournament. That's true. So that's that. That's I'm, I'm just gonna. Yeah. Say, I'm not gonna mention the other thing that I'm. I'm gonna say there's other ways that you can watch all the tournament games, but use the start a free seven day trial TV, yeah. for Fubo TV. Help out the Unhinged Sports Network and help us out as well. Uh, so what's on my screen? I need to start going back. All the wrestling conference tournaments have happened. Wrestling Selection Sunday, I think, was either... I think the selections have either been made now or were made yesterday. But I got to go back and watch all the conference tournaments so I can see what these guys are looking for. Uh, be sure to check out the bonus episode that's coming out Friday with my brother. It's just Dom and I. Nico, Nico wasn't there. But like he, I said, I, I don't know wrestling. So yeah. I've just been an idiot sitting there watching Dom and Jimmy talk. So it's just Dom and I. But we talk a lot about the outlook of the tournament as a whole. We didn't have the actual brackets to look at yet. But uh, that, so I'm going to be watching highlights and catching up. There's a few guys from Colorado in the tournament, actually. Fine Silver that, that we wrestled with. There's a kid from Legacy at Northwestern. He's the number one at 157 pounds. Absolute stud. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to watch him wrestle. And then Colton Schultz, who wrestled at Ponderosa um, and is at Arizona State now. He's a heavyweight. He was a very highly touted wrestler in high school. And now he's getting a chance. I think this is his first chance at the NCAA tournament. So. Yep, and, and then my close family friend, Tate Samuelson, who is, I can't remember the high school, but he's, he, he's from Denver area. He's from the Springs area. Or sorry, Castle Rock area. Wow, I get my. Tate Samuelson? Yeah, Tate Samuelson from Castle Rock area. He wrestles for Wyoming. So um, he, he was in the. I don't know what conference Wyoming is. They're the Big 12. It's Big 12. So he was in the Big 12 Conference Championship for his, for his weight class. 184 pounds. 184 pounds. So he, he did get a um, nod to the, to the um, big tournament. So I'm excited to w- watch him because I, I will probably be watching him. So, that, so I'm excited for that. But for my what's on your screen – like I've been, like I've been saying all week. Is there anything other than basketball that's going to be on I your will, TV? <laughs> honestly, no. <laughs> because starting to starting the day before this comes out, like that's when the Big 12 tournament starts, and then the Big 10 tournament starts after that. And the games start at 12, 2 o'clock, four o'clock. That means I'm going to roll out of bed watching basketball all day. But more specifically, what's on my screen? Friday night GCU. In the whack tournament, gonna win that game. Then Saturday night, I will be drinking myself silly if GCU gets a tournament bid, and I will, and I will be 
watching that game like no other. Shout out to ESPN also because ESPN gets all the um, all the lower conference tournament games on there. Although it's on ESPN three, you have to watch it through the app. I still get to watch it, so I will be watching that religiously, and I will be biting at the chopping at the bits if GC be the next tournament. Welcome into the wax semifinal here on ESPN eight. The, the Ocho. Ocho. <laughs> yeah, right after the dodgeball tournament and the cornhole it's championships, true. you could watch the WAC championship. Hopefully featuring GCU, uh, so that's what's on our screens presented by Fubo TV. Like we said, check out the full the free seven day trial through the link in our bio at FEOTB Pod. It helps out the network as a whole. Uh, so that's those are the segments now, and uh, we're at good time. I mean, we're well, let's let's do benchwarmer of the week. Uh, you want me to start? You want to go first? I'll go first because I was teetering off of two of them. So I originally, I told you originally that my bench home of the weeks were Joel Embiid and um, Ben Simmons mm-hmm. because their head assery and their, COVID. I mean, it, honestly, it wasn't their fault. It's the barber's fault. I'm just glad they didn't fuck up all All Star Sunday that that the game was still able to go. Uh, but my bench home of the week is Peter Young. Mm. I like I had to do that. That it's a no brainer. Like I have to make him bench home of the week because, like I said, you're winning the fight. You don't do that at all. You still have the title, and yeah. you are looking past all Jermaine Sterling. You are looking past now Corey Sandhagen, looking at other fighters. Peter Yon now doesn't have the belt. One of the most illegal—I'm going to say the most because of how blatant it was. One of the most illegal head kicks from a knee situation that we've ever seen in the UFC, and being and doing that in 4K, <laughs> and and in front of everyone who either bought the pay-per-view or, or illegally streamed it, um, it just couldn't have been a worse situation. Peter Yawn, everyone thought he was going to be a star after this, that he was going to be the king of this division. Well, now you have a terrible thing on your record, yeah. and now... Now you're stuck without the belt. You don't even take the belt home, and you have that terrible, terrible thing that happened um, on your record. Can we put the commission as co-benchwarmer of the week because they're the ones who let the title change happen on the disqualification? Yeah, that, yeah you can do that too because Dana was even holding the belt in the ring, and when they rose – also, okay, I'll, t- okay, I'll, I'll, I'll get to this in a minute, but Aljamain Sterling, like he, like you say, he drops in the ring, but you could see Dana like hold the belt and then sh- look like what the fuck, and then wrap it around his waist reluctantly, yeah. being weird. And also to make things worse, why Peter Yon was benched for the week? He was raising his hand when they when 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 they were announcing the winner of the fight. He had his other arm raised while whoever the ref was was holding his wrist. That's that gotta, makes it so much worse. That's got to be some sort of translation error. I don't know. I don't because because I because all the memes on UFC Twitter are hilarious because it, him holding his hand after a fight with his, with the eyes like this and the Russian accent and, and and that's a terrible Russian accent and him thinking that he won the fight. What are you telling me? No, I don't get to take belt home. I thought they won. No, I thought I won. I take belt with. That Why is, does he get belt? I get belt. Why does he get belt? I knocked him out. Yes. It, what do you mean illegal me? What is illegal? He probably thought he won that fight. He probably did. He probably <laughs> thought after he needed him yes. that that was legal yes. and that he won the fight. Yeah. Think about that for a second. <laughs> that, that is the easiest bench one of the week I think I've ever done. Right up there with Greg Williams. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's the, probably the easiest bench one of the week I've ever had. Well, that's yeah, true. Mine is uh, my bench one of the week, Nazem Kadri. He scored an own goal. In uh, the collapse that 
He made us seem stupid. That's partially yeah. why. Because we were talking shit. Oh, abs up 2 nothing. I was talking shit. I'll, I'm not going to lump you in. It was me. I was talking shit. Abs up 2 nothing over the Sharks J- as Jimmy we're recording. Jimmy every Monday night has the abs scores on his phone. I, it's like my, updates, it's my yeah. psychotic ex-girlfriend who won't stop texting me usually. And usually it's good things. Usually it's abs score. Abs score. This one... It's usually every Monday night, I feel like. Yeah, it's Ab- most, most Mondays. Other team scores. Other team scores. Fuck, here we go again. Maybe we got to do something different Monday nights and, I didn't, and not well, have it, the game uh, updated every goal. Last week, going halfway through the second period, and the, the I think that was when the Sharks first scored, and I was like, uh-oh, this isn't good. And then 6-2 to two was the final. I was like, oh, shit. So Nazem Kadri, because he, he was part of that six goals, on Grubauer, that's just it was bad. It's it's. Akadri also had like a like a baseball goal almost the other night, but it didn't count because of the high sticking. I t- I saw a bunch of memes on that because it was like Kadri, damn Kadri could suit up for the Rockies and be the best player. He probably would be. That's <laughs> so, true. Um, for my, for, I mean that that's that's bench over the week. Easy easier enough for that. Yeah. So let's uh, let's transition now to beats of the week as we're starting to wrap up this episode. Uh, I'll I'm going to give you a fair warning. Two of mine are, are tournament bids. I have one, but then I have two. I have two rugby beats in here. I didn't. I don't know if you caught that. I have two rugby lines. I was looking at it. I was like, are those rugby beats? I was like, I'll are. tell you one thing. You're earning bonus points with my brothers. That's true. <laughs> That's yeah. true. Reggie Preston, hi. You, remember, you probably don't remember me. I, I haven't seen you all that often. Preston, I do enjoy watching your videos. I, I think uh, I just like to zone Great out and watch dancing videos. Yeah. So shout out the Denver Shuffling Club, but... Um, my, I'll start with the rugby ones. Why not? My first rugby one, Italy, the national Italian rugby team to beat Wales plus 1600. I'll be honest with you. It's not going to happen. I know. I've seen, I've seen Italy play rugby. Wales is good. I know. And I've seen Italy play rugby. It's, I don't watch rugby religiously, but I've been around it enough to know where it's South Africa is New Zealand. It's like Wales. And then I think there's one more. Britain's normally decent. England. Yeah. England's usually decent. But then it's also the islands. Yeah, it's the islands. It's it's the it's the uh, Samoans. Samoans, Tongans, all the above. New Zealand. Yeah, New Zealand is is Australia is good mm-hmm. too. The list goes on and on. But yeah, I, yeah. I watched. Uh, we were at Chili's and they had rugby on one day, and Italy got beat by like thirty. What was the odds of that? Plus sixteen hundred. Oh God! You want to know what? I thought you know, it was. Like, I thought it was like plus two thousand or something, or plus three thousand. It's minus two. It's minus. Like twenty five. Oh god, that's tough. Thousand for that's tough. Wales to lose. I'll tell you right now. Probably don't bet on that one, but be there. I mean, you can watch. Watch it. rugby. Watch rugby. If you miss football, watch rugby. <laughs> that's true. Um, my first beat of the week. I'm going with Kansas to have an over a four and a half seed in the um, NCAA tournament. Kansas mm-hmm. is going to make the tournament, but I, like I said, I think there's going to be some upsets with with Oklahoma State where we could see Kansas fall to a five to six seed. Those odds at plus one thirty five, I do like those a lot. I do. I think I think Kansas is still going to be a still a damn good team. They could make a deep run, but I don't think they will be a top four seed. You can really bet on anything, huh? You, oh, you're you can betting bet on, on the odds of whether or not. Oh, they there's get a there's two more ones. down. You'll see in a second. Jeez. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, my I'll finish out my rugby ones and then I'll have my tournament last. So my next one. Uh, Scotland to upset Ireland is plus 130. This one seems a little bit more reasonable. Um, Scotland is also good. I know that. Yeah. Scotland, I mean, yeah. those two countries too, yeah. Those two countries are basically built for rugby because they're going to go get drunk, and then they're going to go play rugby, and then they're going to go get drunk again. And With the other team. <laughs> yeah. They're going to love each other by the end of it. Um, I, I'm interested. I might want to figure out how I can watch that one because I want to see how big these teams are. Well, I are. think – 
I mean, knock on wood that the, I'm going to keep saying this knock on wood. The Olympics is back, but I'm pretty sure the Olympics is supposed to include rugby either this year or 2024. Isn't rugby Olympic sevens too? Yes, it's sevens, That's, which is a lot more yes. fast paced. I remember fun, we yeah. went to when Preston was in the Glendale championship, mm-hmm. we went to that game. That was a lot of fun. Though. Yeah, the, the sevens is a lot of fun. Yeah. They get they get up and down like no other. If you don't know what rugby sevens is, just go on YouTube and watch it because some of those those are some of the best, most athletic people you ever see. Because look, NFL stars are fast, but rugby rugby dudes are built different. Yeah, they're they are offensive lineman size and full speed quicker than some receivers. Well, rugby is interesting too, and I didn't realize this. You have like gymnastics, cheerleading with the the little toss in from yep, the side, yep. but you get the you basically get the big guy to throw up the little guy and catch the inbound pass, and it's. It's just strange. And then you, and then you have it's strange this, for us, but and then you have the scrum in the middle with all mm-hmm. the big boys. I mean, it's got a little bit of everything. Quick, quick side note about rugby: when we were when I played in China and Australia, they brought a they play pickup rugby. They played <laughs> play pickup rugby. Yes, in the courtyard of the oh, dorm room that we were staying in, all of them barefoot playing a they they played for two and a half hours a pickup game of rugby, and it was legitimate <laughs> like. They Tackle were going at it, yes, Damn. in the middle of a football tournament. Dude, that I was that. that's that's actually I love that. That's awesome. It was it was fun to it was the most competitive thing. I bet you thing. just sat in your room, yeah, just, just like, watched down. Do good, do good. You guys, yeah, take his head off so that you get hurt before the next game, please. <laughs> Easy enough. My next beat of the week, um, Virginia to win the ACC tournament only a plus two fifty. Like I said, they're the number two seed. Florida State's the one seed. Mm-hmm. I think it's their conference to lose. Like I said, I think the, I think their best shot at getting upset is North Carolina. Give me Virginia to win the ACC tournament plus two fifty. I have uh, Illinois to win the Big Ten for my last beat of the week plus three fifty. Yeah, they're the I think they're second best odds. I think they still gave I it Michigan to Michigan best odds, yeah. for best odds, but. I was, it was between Iowa and I think Illinois, are, yeah, I think but I think they, Illinois is more of a complete team and not just one player. Yeah, I think I think, the only, more. I think the only reason why also Michigan has a better odds is because I think Michigan is still the number one seed, I believe. Yeah, I think so. And then and then Illinois has to face off against Iowa in the in the semifinals, a two versus three. That'll be really. That's going to be a, a great game. Yeah, all right. those games. It's yeah. going to be good. I just think that the team aspect is going to overcome a one stud player. Yeah. I looked up Luca Garza, a picture of him. I, I hadn't seen him before. His number also got retired in Iowa, fun fact. I, I saw that he was going to get immediately retired after he goes to the NBA. So that's that's interesting. But Good he's a him. fucking house. Holy crap. 6'11", 265. He, he's, he's an animal. That's no, no shot about that. But my last one, like I said, all three of mine are conference tough. Uh, I have GCU to win the WAC tournament. Plus 115. Best odds there is. The next best odds i believe it was utah valley at plus 250 but gcu are gonna make their first tournament i'm telling it now we're we're next this time next week monday next week's monday's episode guarantee i will be losing my mind probably will be drinking while we are recording because gcu made the tournament because i will be on that much of a binger there we go yeah, I'll bring. A, I have like a little chug, but I'll let you shot. We'll get a get you shotgunning a beer every time we. We'll have we'll have a, a code word or something every time it comes up during the episode. I'll take a shot. There you go. Uh, <laughs> all right, so that's that's beats of the week. Get get your money in. Uh, just stay away from my Italy rugby one because I don't don't see that one happening. Uh, player of the week. I'll go first because mine ties into the tournament. John Morant last Tuesday had thirty five five and ten, but it's mainly. More because John Morant first burst on the scene as the mid-major guy in the the tournament. And 
honestly, I think that he's been the best player out of his class. I know Zion gets more of the hype because, you know, it's Zion. If you you watch Zion's high school highlights, that's reason enough to say that Zion's the face of that class. Zion's different. Zion's high school highlights. I remember specifically watching Zion's high school highlights while we were in high school and being like, this dude is just not. He's different. He's he's built different, as they would like to say. But, yeah, no, Jaw is, he's a damn good player. Don't get me wrong. Zion's just putting, putting up. And real numbers this year. That's the only reason why I have a slight that. He did have a better rookie year, though, 100%. John Morant did have a better rookie year, but I don't hate that at all. Uh, my player of the week, I'm going with Giannis because of what he did in the All-Star game. That was unfair. The dude went 16 for 16, and he hit two threes. Hmm. Giannis doesn't shoot threes. He banked a three in. <laughs> and Giannis was just feeling himself. He had 35. He didn't score in the fourth quarter because I don't think he played in the fourth quarter because they were saving the stars. They won the all quarter. three. They won all they four won quarters, all four right? Quarters, yeah, but they didn't, they didn't they didn't play like the starters in the fourth quarter. I think they played Jokic for a minute in the fourth quarter. But yeah, Giannis didn't play in the fourth quarter. Had 35 points. Still went off 60 for 16. I think that's the most anyone has. Sh- oh, it won. And most anyone has shot um, in the in the uh, all all star game and and went um, 100 percent from the field. Yeah, as Jimmy fumbles his water bottle and, and now and Boomer's Boomer trying up. to yeah Boomer's trying to take my computer from me. Um, yeah, I, you I, can tell I'm in basketball mode because I just have the automatic. Something falls, I yell and one. That's just that's just that's just the basketball yeah. mind in me. There you go. I I think the my favorite part of last week was Giannis's reaction to hearing his other teammates. We got Steph. Luka and Luke and Jokic, LeBron and Jokic, and he was like, "That's oh, the over. team. It's over. It's yeah. over." Yeah, uh, my, Giannis, Giannis and Nico show coming soon. Not me, Nico. The the other Nicola. 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 Did we just become best friends? Oh, that's how I imagine. Or in the little broke, but they speaking English, broken Serbian and broken Greek. Greek, yeah. Did we just be become a best friends? Entertaining show too, bro. Oh man! Imagine those two just—it's got to be on YouTube because I can't just sit there and listen to it. I got to see what their reaction is, and maybe I can guess what they're trying to say. I, w- I would say uh, Giannis the Nuggets if he if he didn't sign that fat deal. It's a huge deal. And then yeah. he said this one's for Milwaukee when he won the Damn it. MVP Fuck. last night. I can dream. Damn it! He uh, also handed the MVP trophy to Jokic. I thought that was hilarious. Uh. After he won it, he handed it to him to hold it while he was taking interviews. Uh, and Jokic on the side was holding the trophy up like he had won it. That is just that is why I love this man yes, so much. Yes, he's yes. a damn good player, and he has makes the game of basketball fun. He's he's a very goofy personality. That's why well, he's sure. a joker. All right, uh, who's your what's your play of the week? My play of the week, man, Matt Barzal between the legs goal, filthy the Islander. Um, like like I said, I I, sh- I could have picked an All Star. Game for play of the week, but I, I basically have had all basketball for all of our segments thus far, <laughs> except the bench over the week. I've, I've talked about basketball in every single one. Um, but like like I said, Matt Bar's all between the legs, absolutely filthy. Um, went right past the goalie's leg. It was, it was gorgeous. Honorable mention play of the week was uh, Damian Lillard, game winner from half court. My uh, play of the week, it was Ryan Miller's floor routine, basically, that he did in the crease the other night. In that 5-4 overtime loss that the Avalanche had against the Ducks. Uh, All like somersaulting, cartwheeling. That's Every single goaltender that the Avalanche have played this year has played that way, but I'm still kind of just salty that they lost the other night. Was was that that Ryan Miller or was that John Gibson? I'm pretty sure they said Miller on the tweet. Uh, Okay, we'll just go with Ducks goaltender. I can't remember who exactly it was. Because, I mean, like I said, two two weeks ago, my Mountain Sacred support, I did pick the Avs to try to trade for Ryan Miller. 
Hmm. I would hope that. I'd like that for a backup goalie. I'll take it at this point. Anything, I'll take anything. 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 anything just just don't lose to the damn Ducks, Knights, or Kings anymore. Or not Knights, Sharks or Kings Sharks, anymore. Yeah. We can we can survive with the Knights loss every once in a while. All right. That's, that's going to be the end of the show. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to episode 31. Episode 31. Now, 31. I don't know what the next milestone podcast is going to be. Probably 50. Because I don't think I got to 50 for center of attention. Maybe we'll probably do something for 42, but 50 will be a big one. Yeah, 50 will be a big one. We'll definitely do something special for 50. You can hear replays of this show on the Unhinged Sports Network Thursdays, 8 p.m. Eastern. Fridays, again, at our normal time, 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern. Unhinged Sports Network, unhingedsn.airtime.pro, 24-7 coverage, 16 shows, plus we have five, I think, network-exclusive shows. Nico's on three in the key, our basketball show with the reserves and Dennis from Sports and Things. I'm on two for chirping with the Bleacher Connection, Ken and Trevor. Nico's going to be joining us this week, so be sure to catch two for chirping Friday at 6 p.m. Mountain Time. It'll also be released on the Bleacher Connection podcast feed next Sunday, so that'll that's where you can find that. Uh, follow the network on Twitter at Network Unhinged, Unhinged SN on Instagram, UnhingedSN.com. That's where you can find all our daily blogging content, releasing two blogs a day, possibly more if some big news happens. But we're really starting to pick up some momentum and gain traction there. And it's not just sports. We have uh, pop culture coming out wrestling Saturday, too. wrestling as well. Main Event Marks takes very detailed notes about some very, of these old pa- pay-per-views. Notes, yeah. And they're fun to read through because he's got some good stuff on there so that's where you can find the daily blogging content remember you can catch this show the new episodes wednesdays 1 to 3 p.m eastern on the unhinged sports network um and then it's available on demand right after on all podcasting platforms yeah i i got some uh, slack from my uh, mountain sickness port one or on sunday because Ooh. i did say uh number 15 will be in the rafters with the Jokic's name not mellows Ooh. i took a lot of slack for Ooh. that there you go so, so go. hey if you if you think i'm an idiot or if you think jimmy drafting a d end at number two for the jets not is, a d end edge rusher edge rusher for the jets is 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 idiocy go read what we have to say about it and then come back to us and see what and then chirp back at us yeah no i'll definitely give you give you the time of day for a debate with when i flame you don't be mad at me that's just how it goes uh be sure to subscribe on your podcasting platforms wherever you listen leave a five-star rating and a review we'll start reading those on the air we're starting to get more ratings in just write the review just a little bit more extra time it does help out and the subscribing really helps out the show as well that's if you want to do what you can and, and you don't want to just give us money or or donate. Oh, that, that's why you use the shop. Yeah, use the shop, use buy the shirts. Shop. But also that subscribing and rating and reviewing really helps in the algorithm and we start getting put on different pages. We, so have, been, we have been growing a lot. No pause on that um, the past the past couple of months. Like yes. I said, we're going to have a lot of more great episodes coming out. March Madness, full swing, baseball coming up, hockey playoffs, basketball playoffs. The list goes on and on. And the NFL draft too, man. Like oh, said, these next couple months are going to be very busy. We're going to sleep in May. We're, yeah, we're like I said, we're going to sleep after after all that happens. And then when we get to the off season, we'll come up with some fun, fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, be sure Friday, just a reminder, check out the bonus episode with myself and my brother Dom for March Madness. That's happening next Thursday through Saturday for the NCAA wrestling tournament. And not this coming Friday, but the following Friday, we'll have the original bench warmer, Jeremy Fuhrer, and possibly one of our other good friends that we played with and went to school with, Jonah Starr, on that uh March Madness bonus episode. So Wednesdays, Fridays for the next couple of weeks, tune in 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern on the Unhinged Sports Network. Follow us on social media at FEOTB Pod. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, like the videos, ring the notification bell, and then tell your friends about us as well. Word to mouth. Just We are growing, like Nico said. Pause. 
but you guys could help us grow more. It's we can do as much as ourselves. I'm not pausing on this. I don't want I don't want them to think that I'm pausing. We can do so much ourselves, and that's fun too. But sometimes you enjoy a little bit of help from a friend. That's all I'm gonna say. That's where I'll leave it. So for that, that could have taken so wrong. For that, this has been episode 31 of the Far End of the Bench. My co-host Nico Bryant, myself Jimmy Pilato. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next week. Peace. When the night is cold and lonely This is a dollar belly was it the money that made me a savage? Popping them pricks and I made it a habit. Towing them pistols and serving them addicts. That was exciting to me. I'm so excited to be. Started with nothing, we had to inspire the beat. Elephants again, to me. I'm getting to it. Feel like the man, I got the plan. I call the shooters, they all 